Blog Talk Radio. Everybody say, oh, 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 oh. Thank you. 
and a lot of other holy books, because I don't believe the Bible is the only holy book. I think any time people are inspired of the Most High to write, you can count that along with the Scriptures, if it is indeed inspired of the Most High. I mean, think about it. That's all the Bible is full of is people that walk with the Most High, and they wrote their experiences. So if you walk with the Most High and you wrote a book and the Most High really did do this, that, and the other for you, and you really did hear from him, what would make the scriptures of any less importance? After all, we're talking about one person's word. So all of the scriptures line up with truth. Nature lines up with truth. True science is not politically motivated. It's going to line up with truth. So you don't you have various, many ways to prove what is true. You don't have to just stick with one way, one angle, one source. So tonight we have several different ways to validate the fact that the book we call the Bible, we're talking about the 66 books and all of those that are supposed to be with those 66 books, do testify that the Bible is a book full of people of what we call today color. I hate these new terms, people of color, black, white. I hate them because it's totally on Scripture, has no basis in science, has no basis in truth, has no basis really in our conversation. And I only say it because so people will know what I'm talking about. So anyway, tonight, alternative proof of black biblical Jews, and like I said, we're going to have Brother Yahshua, of Israel now, Brother Gary is supposed to join us of Israel now, and any of you that want to add to the show can join us as well. It's uh, we do a little things a little different at, over here at uh, uh, at this show, and that if you want to talk, we don't limit you to a minute or two like some shows do. We just let you share, as long as you're not disrespectful, coming to the show looking for what is wrong, being judgmental. We, we don't have, we don't need that. If you have disagreement, not a problem. Just call and share and say, hey, brothers, I appreciate the show and join you. And, but I have a question. Y'all mentioned this and you mentioned that. That's not quite the way I see it in the scriptures. And I want y'all to, what do you mean by that? If, you know, if you have a, a, the right spirit, we invite you to talk as much as you want. You know, that's, that's, that's invited. But I just ask everybody tonight, because of the seriousness of this topic, to really, really stay focused on the topic. We're talking about alternative proof of black biblical Jews. Tonight, only tonight, probably no other night will we say this, but tonight we're going to ask that you, if all possible, stay away from the scriptures, which is totally, totally everything I've ever showed, but not not really. I've always pushed truth. I've always pushed reality. I've always pushed the spiritual world, and I've always pushed the Bible, which is connected to all of that. But I, for those people that say the Bible is not real, the Bible is it's man-made, the Bible's been tampered with, which we all know it's been tampered with, but for those that just have no faith in the Scriptures, in the 66 books, we think that we should, and we should as servants of the Most High, present other things to get you to see the same light. And once we can present science and history and other things to get you to see to shed light on this wonderful revelation of, of of who the people of the Bible is, we feel like this will open up the door to some of you to read 
examine your doubt about this wonderful book we call the Bible, and perhaps you will pick it up again and not be so doubtful because the Bible is real, folks. It's real. The God of the Scriptures is real. Many call him, he's known by various names. I just say the most high. But he is real, and he is working in your life. You know it, and deep inside your heart, you know it. They say ain't no atheist in a foxhole. <laughs> they say ain't no atheist in a foxhole. Whenever there's war, and these, or these men in wars are fighting, and they have to jump in these foxholes, you know, because bullets are flying, they say ain't nobody, no atheist at that time. Everybody's praying. So deep off inside, we know that there is a being. We just don't understand it. We don't like the political things that have happened with the scriptures. And some of us say, hey, please, I don't want no part of the Bible. Not me, but some of us. So this show, this show, this show is dedicated to you. This show is dedicated to the doubters, those that have issues with the scriptures. So those of us that share tonight, please pull from other sources experiences, science, even common sense. Just don't be condescending with it. Common sense, whatever you have to share with our brothers and sisters that have issues with the scriptures, but it's interested in this so-called black Hebrew or black Israelite or black Hebrew Israelite, some people say, or black Jews or whatever you want to call the people of the Bible. They're interested because, after all, if black people, so-called black people, we'll say so-called, are people of the Bible, that changes a lot of things. And we're going to talk about tonight what kind of changes does it make if the scriptures is indeed people of color. What does that mean? What does it mean to prophecy, Bible prophecy? Does it change the scriptures at all if the people of the book? Is look like African Americans with dark skinned people? Does it change the meaning of any of the scriptures? Why, of course it does, because the Bible has been presented hundreds, if not thousands, of years from a white supremacist standpoint. Evil people have went before us and have erased these people completely out of the book, and therefore these people are walking around with no identity no connection to the scriptures, and connecting themselves to foolishness in efforts to look for an identity. Some call themselves niggas. Some call themselves African Americans. Some call themselves Africans, which there was no such thing as African in the scriptures. So these people are connecting themselves to any and everything they can. Well, we're not going to do much to uh, delay here. We already have people, like I say, in the chat room, on the phone lines, and those of you in the chat room, welcome to the show. Those of you on the phone lines, already welcome to the show. Remember, the rule is on the phone lines, you got to press 1 in order to be heard in the chat room. All you have to do is just simply type a question. Simply. Simple, simply type a question. And remember, if you're a guest, if you're showing guests in the chat room, you have to sign into Blog Talk Radio in order for us to see your your uh, name that you want to go by as well as in, uh, for you to be able to type in the chat room. You have to be registered. You cannot just be a guest. So I do have one of the guests already here in the house, and I'm going to go ahead and bring that person on. 
So let me just go ahead and do that without further delay. Uh, Eric code 513 344. You are on the air. Who am I speaking with? Hey, uh, Brother Yashua. How you doing? I'm doing just great, my brother. How you doing? Got a little noise in the background. Very good. But it sounds like a little noise in the background there. Are you there? Okay, yeah, I don't have any. Yeah, I'm here. If you can hear me, uh, yeah, I don't have any background noise where I am. Okay, okay. Okay, well, you're all set to go. And again, everybody, this is Brother Yahshua of Israel Now. I'm going to let him introduce himself and talk about what they're doing over at Israel Now. Uh, they're on Facebook, on Blog Talk, and he's. This brother has uh, been doing his thing for a long time. I respect, I respect this brother right here, as well as Brother Gary. It's going to come on later. These brothers are just seriously, seriously pursuing uh, the deeper teachings where it relates to the scriptures. They ain't no joke. I'm telling you that right now. I give my stamp of approval. I mean, who am I? But I'm just letting y'all know, those of y'all that follow this show, that you can, uh, which you really shouldn't trust anybody that. Anybody should trust the most high, but I'm just letting y'all know from from a man-to-man standpoint, brother-to-brother, you can't get no better than Brother Yashua. Brother Yashua, go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about Israel now, where you're at, uh, and uh, I'm just going to let you, if you could just go for about five minutes, just giving everybody an intro of who you are, and uh, and then we'll go off into the the, the subject. If Brother Garish not here yet, I know he's probably going to be running a little late tonight. Okay, okay. Well, um, yeah, my name is uh, Yahshua. Um, I've been teaching the scriptures for about 15 years now. Um, it's for now, and it's the ministry, uh, which I'm head of. Uh, we have a um, um, Facebook page, which is also known as Israel Now, which reaches via Facebook. Um, you know, have a uh, radio show as well, known as Israel Now Radio Show, which comes on every Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Block Talk Radio also. If anybody wants to um, call in and join us, uh, our phone number is actually area code 323-784-3647. We have a ministry located in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. And actually within the next couple months, hopefully by, I say, January, uh, sometime in January, we should be um, putting out information to where people can join us on our Sabbath class. Uh, no matter what city you're in. So we should be putting that information out in, sometime in January. So, you know, if any other people would like to join us via Sabbath class, if they don't have anywhere to worship in their um, respective cities, should be able to join us. And, um, you know, just about it. That's about it. And we have a Facebook, and, and, not Facebook, Betty. Yeah, I was going to say. Something soon as well. It's actually not up and running right now, but we um, actually are working on the website as we speak and should be coming soon. Okay, and uh, uh, I was going to say, can't even think right now. Brother uh, Gary is with you, right? Just He, both of right, you all, right. is in collaboration with the uh, Israel Now. But I, I, I noticed, Brother, from a Bible study we used to have, uh, we used to have a Bible study with this brother and Brother Gary and then Brother John and those other uh, people, that other families that joined us and had a wonderful time. And and they are still ticking, still sharing the wonderful truths. And not just about, folks, 
this is so much more bigger than Israel being dark skinned. I wish I'll get please quit putting us in these little small uh, insignificant roles uh, of uh, stupidity, really, to just that we are just walking around and just talking about Jesus is black, Jesus is black, or Yeshua is black, or uh, Yahweh is black, or just whatever you you know. We're, we're so much more progress, advanced, spiritual, mature, whatever you want to put there, than that. This is this is the Most High's word. This is a part of the when Christ said that you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. This is a part of that truth. This is so much more than ethnicity. This is this ethnicity is very actually very little of what we discuss. It is something we definitely discuss, definitely, because it breaks the backs of white supremacy, like I was talking about earlier. But it's so much deeper than this. What does the scriptures mean if we're truthful? If what we're saying is true. This changes scriptures. This changes how we look at the Most High. A lot of us hold bitterness against the Most High. A lot of us uh, don't understand certain prophecies because we got the wrong people, wrong people in place. So again, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of things that play into this revelation. So much deeper, so much more. Uh, brother, uh, brother, yeah, sure. Before we begin, can you kind of hit on that just a little bit again? Those that think this is just Another some angry black folks just trying to prove that Jesus is black. You know, some black folks is out here just trying to give one to the white man, so to speak. Bitterness, anger. Uh, just can you kind of hit on it just a little bit, letting them know the importance of this revelation before we actually get into talking about this? Um. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um. Well, the first thing I would say is, you know. Don't um, look at a YouTube video and just lump everybody in the same box of whatever individual person you may have seen on a YouTube video that may have seemed angry to you. Um, there are a lot of different Israelite uh, people out there, a lot of different congregations, camps, whatever you may call it, that are in no way like some of the guys that you see on YouTube, in no way at all. Um, and for a fact, we can say that I know myself personally, I was serving the Most High and believed in this before I even knew that the Messiah was a black man, before I even knew Israel were a black people and his chosen people. You know, I already turned my life over to the Almighty. I found out very shortly after, um, you know, just from my studies and things like that. But I would know Brother Gary was the same way. He had already turned his life over to the Most High and then came into the fact that he was an Israelite afterwards. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe you was the same way, Brother Seth. Even though I know if you've known who we are for a long time, I believe when you first came in contact and decided to turn your life over to the Most High, um, you you didn't even know that you were an Israelite at that time. That's so right. No that's way right. Can it be related? To, yeah. So it can't be related to racism in any way when you're dealing with any of these individuals on the phone today. We were willing to serve the Almighty, no matter what race the Messiah was or anything. It was about our admiration and love for the Most High. Um, when we found out who we were, we wasn't going to throw that away. You know, I mean, that was a good thing. It actually added ice into the cake that we already had anyway. And it's like Brother Seth said, it just breaks the back of white supremacy. I mean, we've been in this country, and all of the subliminal images that we get um, all over the place tells our women that, 
uh, other women are more beautiful than them, tells them everything about ourselves is not good. It was a design plan that they were doing. But when we realize who we are, I mean, we're not going to deny the fact of who we are. We accepted other truths. This is just another truth put on top of the table, you know. And um, in no way do we teach like some of the other people that you cannot be saved if you're a white person or of another race or anything like that. Because the Most High is not a respecter of person, and the Most High offers salvation to every nation upon heaven. He just happened to have a chosen people that he chose to deliver his message of salvation through. And um, that, that's pretty much it, all I can say about that, that for now. Well, I appreciate that, and I hope y'all heard that. I hope y'all always remember what I just said. hope y'all always remember what, I, what, what the brother just said, because that is his heart. And we love the Most High. We really, really, truly love our Father. And we're not always, what can I say, how can I say it? We aren't always the most obedient sons. It's like any relationship. It's husbands always in unity with the wife. It's fathers always in unity with the sons. It's sons always in unity with the fathers. Mothers always in unity with the daughter. It's a relationship. And so don't judge us because we are growing. This is a new thing. This is a new movement, and we don't have it all together. Some people come in here with the wrong attitude. They look at it. They're coming in with a, with white gloves and a and a, a flashlight. They're looking for any little thing you want to say wrong, be it the the name you call the Most High, and then they just try to build a whole case on that because they hard ain't right, and they're not really worshiping the Most High because if if, if the Most High judged us by what we call him, the church, we would have never be where we are today because there probably wouldn't be no church because he would have destroyed it a long time ago. Because a lot of people still say names beginning with J and all that. So even though we know there was no J in the Hebrew, so the Most High just had beef against all those people, and he, you got to call him by the proper name, or else he's going to strike you dead. We, none of us would even be here right now. So I think he look at the heart. The Father looks for those that's worshiping in spirit and in truth. Brother uh, brother Yahshua, I appreciate those words uh, that you spoke about me and Brother Gary. Very true. Brother Gary is going to be a little late. He will be calling. The brother call is not going to be joining us tonight, but he may be listening in. He may um, take a notion to uh, even call and, uh, and contribute, but he won't be one of the co-hosts on the show. So what I want to do is allow a little, a few more people to come. I know some of the regulars that I normally see, I always like to give them respect and uh just give them a little time, you know, just a little time, and uh, we'll okay. and then we'll just continue with the show. So what I want to do is take a little short break. That gives everybody a little, uh, couple more minutes to come. In the meantime, I want everybody to just enjoy some, ah, what do you call it? This is some Hebrew music. Uh, I shouldn't say Hebrew music. It's just black folks expressing themselves just like they do in any other form of, of any form of worship. Any other, just like any other music. But some of y'all don't know that there's Israelites out there and they're, they're doing their thing and they're, they're they're really out there trying to uh, put in a good word for this whole new revelation. So this is a group uh, that's doing just that. We'll be back in a little bit after this clip. Again, uh, just enjoy this song. It's called So Hebrew, some young brothers trying to do their thing, trying to get the truth out, and we'll be back shortly. 
Roll up on the brothers with the bright light song. You have to the truck with my tassels long. Hear that truth and the word so strong. Word so strong. Word so strong. What's going on? They like, hey, where y'all get him from? I'm like, I've been here so long. Open up your heads and hear this song. Hear this song. I said, What you gonna say? So Hebrew. You so what? This before they trying to keep it under wraps for show. We can't let the fear hold us back no more. Cause y'all said cowards are the first to go. Check Revelation 2 9 and 3 9. We know the blasphemy uh them headlines. They tricking and treating everyone at the same time. While we wind and die like everything's fine. How long will we let that last? I'ma go ahead and put them all on blast. Cause if the Egyptians are all black skin. How Moses passed for one of them And the miracle at the burning bush Y'all turned his hand white plus he married Hush Which are the modern day Ethiopians So I repeat, this is in this all black skin like me Bible. 
Well, today we're doing just the opposite. We're going to prove we're Israel, we're the Israelites, beyond the Bible, outside of the Bible. That's why we call it alternative proof. All right? So, everybody, we want to be on the same page tonight. We want to be on the same page tonight. We want everybody to know what's going on so we don't get off subject. Okay, let me just go ahead and quickly read the description of the show. It says, we present proof from alternative sources outside of the Bible that the Bible is predominantly of color. The Most High isn't done with natural Israel. I'm going to say it again. The Most High isn't done with natural Israel. I'm going to say it again. The Most High is not done with his people. Lastly, we take a sober, uh, a sobering look. Uh, excuse me, if I can type here. I said, lastly, we take a sober, in-depth look of why this is important and relevant to all ethnic families today. Why is this important? Brother Seth, so what? What if we are? Y'all keep talking about this all over YouTube and, and, and Facebook and all over. So what? What if we are? What does this happen? I don't blame people for asking that question because there's a lot of people want you to join their brand of religion. And by the way, this is not a religion. This is not a religion. For those that think it is a religion, Brother Yashir, I want to put you on the spot and have you to address what is the difference between Hebrewism or whatever you call this revelation in this walk of life. Describe to them I know what my answer would be. I have a, a, a long answer, but I want you to tell the people, share with the people, those that say y'all just trying to get us in another religion. You're just trying to get us in another religion. Black folks, here they go with another religion. Can you address that, please? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, pretty much it is a, a ethnicity uh, more than a religion. You know, when we're claiming to be uh, Israelites, Hebrew Israelites, some may say uh, Israelites, when we claiming to be that, we're speaking of an ethnicity. We're speaking of um, a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who are the people that the Most High made a covenant with um, on Mount Sinai. When Moses was given the law and the Most High made a covenant, he made a covenant with the people, um, just an ethnic group of people. And we are actually the descendants of those people, uh, whether you go historically, whether you go uh, from the scriptures, we can prove that we are the descendants of those people. So pretty much all we're saying is, hey, um, we found out who we are. The world knows about a people called the lost tribes of Israel. Um, if ever a people were lost, it's us. You know, so at this point, we have done the research. Uh, we did the due diligence from history, from scriptures, um, like I say, to find out who we are. Um, most other people can go back and trace their lineage. They they already know who they are. Most people, if you talk to, they can tell you, you know, I'm German, and when they tell you that, you can relate it back to a land, relate it back to a culture, a way of life, and a whole people, the German people. Um, but us as so-called African Americans, we're the people upon the face of the earth, that we cannot trace back, we cannot give a um, a consistent answer as to who we are based on ethnicity. We cannot give a nationality, and it's only because we've been cut off as a people, we've been in captivity, and we all know the history of slavery, when the slave master would uh, 
take our mothers and our forefathers and they would actually strip them from their kids at a very young age. And once that happens consistently, after a generation or two, these young kids do not know who they are. And it just trickles down to today because we were not able to teach them our own language. We were not able to teach them who we are and who we were as a people. And all of these things are um, something that we can clearly back up in history. And like the brother said, we're not even touching Scripture today, so I didn't mention Scripture. But these things can be backed up in history. The last show, we backed them up in Scripture, but today we'll back these things up in history. So what people can be called the lost tribes of Israel, only if you went through a type of captivity that would disconnect you from who you are. You know, it only makes sense that we would be the people who are disconnected to who we are because no other people has the history of being stripped, consistently being stripped from their children and not being able to teach their children their own language, their own culture, their own way of life, and who they are as a nation of people. So it's not a religion as uh, Christianity is, as Islam is, as Judaism is, because you cannot convert to being an Israelite. You can come to the true children of Israel, and we can teach you the ways of the Most High, but you can never convert to being a physical Israelite. We understand that there are spiritual Jews, but we're talking only physically now. You cannot convert to being a physical Jew or a physical Israelite. That's impossible. Whatever uh, race you were born into, that's the ethnicity that you stay. But spiritually, the most high can look at you like, hey, you're one of my people. Because if your heart is right and you are actually turned your heart over to the Almighty and joined on to the most high and his people, yes, you can become a spiritual Jew that you can never become a physical, blood-born Jew if you were not already born one. Hopefully that uh, somewhat answers the question. Well, it does. It does. At least in my mind it does. So hopefully, like you said, it does answer the question in y'all's mind. I want to ask you another question. Brother, uh, what I think I want to do, Brother Joshua, if it's okay with you, is kind of like, again, like I did last week, play what I call the devil's advocate, or I shouldn't say devil's advocate, but I just want to try to be like people that are on the outside looking in, so to speak, and ask some of the questions I've heard over the years over and over and over again. And that was one of them. Uh, you know, you're trying to make this out of another religion. No, this is actually a people. This is actually a culture. Israel was not religious. This is what these people did. This was what their culture was. Kind of like if African Americans, you know, they talk about us and soul food. You don't call us religious because we make soul food. Or black people like soul food because we like collard greens, cornbread, those of us that do. It don't mean we're religious because we, we eat these types of food or when Irish do whatever they do culturally or, the, you know, Indians from India do whatever they do culturally. You don't call them religious. I'm talking about the culture. When they speak right. their language, their language, for instance, is part of the culture. The way they dress is part of the culture. So when they're speaking their native language, you don't walk up to an Indian and say, oh, you're so religious. You know, if black folks are sitting right. and enjoy whatever whatever meal they like, what they eat as a people, what we normally ate, what's customary to eat among our people, you don't walk up to that person and say, oh, you're so religious. 
you know, if we wear in our right. hair, I, I know some people wear their hair in a way that it is religious because, like the Pentecostals, a lot of white Pentecostals wear their hair up in the bun. But, I mean, some people, some people, I guess what I'm trying to say is culture is not religious. It's not a religious thing. It's a it's an ethnicity. And Israel, Israelites, their culture was their God. People come along and try to emulate that, and when they begin to do all of these behaviors and if their heart is not right, that was then, that's when the word religion was birthed. This religion to me is an a act, a, a, a act towards the Most High, but your heart is not in it. That's the word religious or religion. And religion is one of the worst ills of our planet. This is where all the wars come from, religious people. But it's only people that's disconnected with the Father that's still kneeling down at the temple, still facing the east or still facing the cross. They're still putting blessed oil on it. They're still wearing certain clothes to be uniform, choir robes, and they're still acting like, you know, they're still trying to mimic when they had a relationship, but they no longer have it, and they're doing all these rituals, and their heart is not right. This is what we call religion or religious people. But the Israelite, being an Israelite, being a, 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 a practicing uh, uh, according to what the forefathers of the Old Testament and New Testament did to keep the feast days, and if you keep it the way the Most High told them to, this was just a a lifestyle. It was a lifestyle to eat what they ate. It was a lifestyle. It was it was not a religious. Again, you can make any lifestyle, any culture a religion if you start trying to invite God in it, but you don't really invite him with your heart. You're just saying, you know, you let's say you, you near your head to pray, bless your food. You always got to face to east every single time, but you halfway even thinking about the most high when you're blessing your food, you just face the east. Well you're being religious. You know, you gotta pray four times a day. You're not even really thinking about the most high, you just pray four times a day. That's being religious. Now if you pray four times a day and you really meditate on the Father who he is, how much he loves you, how much you love him, and you just you pick four times out of the day to go and spend time with your father. That's not being religious. No more than me going outside playing catch Football with my son So I just want to make this very clear That to be an Israelite Yes it has become A religious thing to many people On Facebook Many people on YouTube Many people On MySpace But it's only because people's Heart is not zeroed in To the most high And they're going, they're going through the motions of the following the feast days and they greet you with shalom, Israel, or shalom, or they got all these different things they say when they greet you, but their heart ain't right. And then there are those people that say shalom, and guess what? They really mean peace, brother, peace to you, peace to your family. Oh, I wish you peace. I, I desire that you have peace. They All of that is in their shalom, and they really mean it. Or they may not say shalom, they may say peace. Some people have issues if you say the word peace, but uh, if you don't say it in Hebrew, say shalom. That's another religious. That's another religious act. So there's a big difference between being religious and being a 
follower of the Most High. That's really all an Israelite should ever be is a follower of the Most High. Does that mean you got to be perfect? No. But when you do fall, you ask the Father for forgiveness, and you receive that forgiveness You continue to walk with it. Brother Yashua, I want to pose another question at you. Let me just see here real quick. I didn't look at the phone lines yet. I want to make sure I, I, I get a, be aware with Brother the Gary call. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to just uh, ask you, I want to let you go first, and then I'll chime in. I guess we've already started, but how? what would you say to a person that say, I don't trust the Bible? I don't trust the Bible at all. Don't quote it to me. Don't Don't come to me with that white man book, because that's what a lot of our people say. Many of our people have been deceived into thinking that it's just a white man's book and they really don't have time for that book. A lot of white people don't have time for the book because they figure it's been tampered with and this, that, and the other. There's lots of people that don't have trust in the scriptures. But it's very interesting uh, when we say we're going to prove that the Israelites were black not using the Bible. Now, What's crazy is if you take the Bible out of our conversation, how are you going to even prove that there's Israelites at all? Somebody may ask that question. The only reason we know there was Israelites was because of the Bible. This, how y'all going to? So I want to make sure y'all understand what we're doing tonight. That is a very good point. Somebody, somebody might be thinking that. How can y'all prove without the Bible that Israel exists? Because if there was no Bible, there would be no Israel. There would be no Abraham. There would be no Isaac. There would be no Jacob. So let me explain something. We believe the Bible is real. We believe that it's been tampered with, of course. We believe there's books missing, of course. But, and Brother Yeshua, you can correct me if I say anything wrong because I'm saying we a lot. But I understand Brother Yahshua and Brother Gary and any other people that have been on the show to believe that there is a Most High, that he did inspire men to write, and that when those men wrote, when those men wrote, these writings became a part of a collection called the Bible. All right? Now, in these writings were a people called Israel or Yisrael. These people become famous because of the many things that the Most High have done for them. And, and uh, I'm talking about the God of the Old Testament, and I don't want to get too technical here, but I believe Christ was the God of the Old Testament. I don't believe he's the Father. The Father and the Son is two different things. But what I'm saying is this. This being created these people, made them great through their father Abraham. Abraham is the one that pleased the Most High, and he made, many, he made a covenant with Abraham. And he said that these people would be great, and they would be many and all of this. And so these people have become famously known as the Israelites. What we're going to try to do tonight is use out, outside sources to explain how it is ludicrous to think that those people were white. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to show you proof that these people were people of color. And then we're going to try to hit on tonight why it's important. So don't get too bent out of shape because we don't talk about why it's important enough. We first got to make a valid point of how we know they were not white-skinned people. 
we first have to nail that down. After we nail that down, we want to we want to come behind and continue to build, and then talk about why it's important if they were people of color, what this means. For one, right away, I can tell you right now, the whole world was listening to this book, this 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 study, and they began to hear this and they began to see this and believe this. I'm going to tell you right now, the plight of so-called African Americans and any other people living out the prophecies of Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, and all of the other scriptures, immediately the world will begin to change their relationship with them because people want, nations want to be a blessing to Israel. They've heard of those scriptures that say, those that bless you where the Most High said, the scriptures that talk about where the Most High said to Israel, I'll bless those that bless you and I will curse those that curse you. So nations have always wanted to be a blessing to Israel. When they find out who the true Jews are, who the true Israelites are, believe me, they're going to have a different attitude toward the people of the Most High. Now, like Brother Yahshua was saying earlier so adequately, he was talking about how the Most High is not, he's, he's interested in those after his heart those that worship in spirit and in truth, one scripture says. That is true. That is how Israel even today have to come to him. Else he really can't do anything with them if they're not seeking him with their heart and spirit. The scripture says those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yes, there is a such thing as a spirit as you, big time, big time. I believe that's why the natural Jew was in, it was, in, in, uh, was introduced anyway. Uh, our people reject the Most High, and, and the Gentiles have been grafted in. They're now called spiritual Jews. What a love story. What a love story. Now the whole planet can have is, is, is made uh, part of the commonwealth of Israel through the Messiah. So, yes, this is great, great news. So tonight, again, we want to make sure everybody is on the same exact page. We first want to talk about how we know Israel using history and science common sense and any other thing we can think of to help our brothers and sisters out who have doubt on the scriptures and we hopefully you will reconsider the scriptures after we begin to show you. Brother Yashua, I want you to go ahead and go first. I do not want to do most of the talking tonight. And I just want you to kind of share with the brothers and sisters why I mean excuse me, how you know we're Israel if the Bible was taken away from you. How would you know if you didn't couldn't use the scriptures? Okay, um, that's a good question, a great question, actually. Um, pretty much a, um, it, it's a history lesson. Um, I believe the first place um, we can start is going back to Egypt, uh, right back to Egypt. Like I say, um, like the brother was uh, talking about on the last show we did together, he was talking about all the different uh, things that he's seen in Egypt, all the different uh, archaeological sites and things like that, well, that's what I'm going to go right back to. Uh, number one, um, one thing that I did tell him on the show was to look up uh Maranepta steel. You can go to the Maranepta steel in Egypt, and you can see that on that steel, the Egyptians wrote about a people called Israel uh, in Egyptian hieroglyphics. But not only did they write about a people called Israel, they actually uh, drew hieroglyphic pictures of that people called Israel. 
and we can see it in today's modern day uh, history books, which we have in America. Um, and when you look at these pictures of, just like the Egyptians drew pictures of themselves, which we can clearly see that there were uh, black people with woolly hair, they drew pictures of the people that were slaves in Egypt, what they called Iparu, what they called, you know, the Israelite people. And when you look at these pictures, you see that the Egyptians drew the Israelites as a black people as well with woolly hair. So that's the starting point. And one must ask themselves, if we can go to Egyptian records, thousands of years old on Egyptian tombs, and see a people called Israel, slaves in Egypt, and these people were drawn by the Egyptians thousands of years ago as a black people with woolly hair, then the obvious question is, why do we believe that Israel is white today? Okay? Now, um, like I said, that, that's just a starting point. Um, all the pictures that we see of Israel in ancient times are black people with woolly hair. And this is proven who we are without the Bible. Um, we could go through the history of uh, the different um, representations of what they call the Madonna around the world. All of these in ancient times, before the white man came and did uh, what they call whitewashing, all of these pictures of the Messiah and his mother were a black lady and a black child. That's what they were. Um, you have to ask yourself, why did they do a, do a thing called whitewashing throughout the history? Because they wanted to erase that image from the people. They wanted to erase the image of the Messiah being black and his mother being a black woman. They wanted to erase that. Um, so the people, the powers that be understood the power of pictures. They understood that a picture is worth a thousand words. Um, so I believe that, you know, after we see these pictures from Egypt, we can do a, do a, um, a history lesson and show that what happened to our people, the 12 tribes of Israel, in 722, the uh, northern kingdom were taken into captivity by the Assyrians, and they never returned home to the land of Israel ever since 722 B.C. So everything we're reading about in the history, um, after that history, we're pretty much mostly reading about, um, when we're reading about history in the land of Jerusalem and things like that, that was dealing with the southern kingdom of Israel, which consisted of two tribes, uh, Judah and Benjamin, along with some Levites. And the northern kingdom consisted of ten tribes, the other ten tribes that were remaining. Um, some Levites were with the northern kingdom as well. Um, so when you come down to the history, what happens is once we get to around 70 A.D., the Romans actually ransacked Jerusalem, destroyed Jerusalem. And what we can read from the history from there, and I'll actually quote it, is from a book called uh, Babylon and Timbuktu. Um, the Romans came through and killed many Israelites during that time, but most of the people fled. And it's very ironic to where they fled to. They didn't flee to Europe. They fled to Africa. Why? Because all throughout the history, the people of Israel always fled in Africa. Whenever any type of thing came, whenever a famine came, whenever anything came, they would flee right back into Africa, right back among people who looked like them. That's where they fled to. Um, so when the Romans came, the Israelites fled into Africa in 70 AD, where the Israelite people actually remained living 
among the Africans, mingled in with all these different African nations for a period of some, say, 1,500 years. But what we'll read in the history is during that time, living in Africa, those 1,500 years, the, um, the Islamic religion actually gave rise. And what happened is, just like the Crusades, where the Catholics went around the world trying to convert, convert people to Catholicism, and they were doing it by force and by the sword, either convert and be a Catholic or die. Um, during this time, in the ancient time, the, uh, the religion of Islam were actually doing the same thing, going to different lands and converting people by the sword to convert to Islam or die. And therefore, these same Israelite people that were all throughout Africa, they were, since they were a scattered people, anytime you are a scattered people, you are a prey to the other nations. So these were the people who Islam was converting over to Islam. But these were Israelite people. And it were actually, it was black, um, black Arabs. A lot of people don't know the original Arabs were black people. It was black Arabs that converted to Islam that were enslaving the Israelite people, even in Africa, before our people came to America. They were enslaving them and forcing them to convert to Islam. So these same people is who the um, who sold these same uh, Islamic people sold our people to the white man years later, and the white man brought us to the shores of North America and also Jamaica and Haiti and the different islands that we were taken to. But what's ironic is um, what we don't see in the history we don't see anything about a uh, a civil war when when the white man went to the shores of West Africa to buy Israelite slaves, black men, women, and children as slaves. We don't read about a civil war because some people like to tell us that our own people sold us to the white man. It's because they don't understand what it means to say our own people. It was not Israelite people selling other Israelite people. They just seen that it was so-called black people selling another so-called black people, and they termed that our own people. But what happened was these were other black nations that sold us to the white man, that sold this one black nation of Israelites to the white man. Um, and that's what happened, because any time if we were selling our own people, civil war would break out. Just like civil war broke out in America, the north versus the south, we cannot sell our own people without a civil war. You understand? We were in bondage to those people. That's how they were able to sell us so easily to the white man. That's what happened. Um, so again, there was no civil war because our people, the Israelite people, was not selling their own people. That means that if, for instance, you'll, you'll say, hey, you, you're selling, a civil war would be, you know, you're seeing your other brothers and sisters take your own your own physical sister, your own wife or your own mother and, and go and sell your family member to, you know, the white man to be uh, enslaved in, in America. That would break out in the civil war with Israelites among each other. But that wasn't the case at the time because it was clearly one black nation selling another black nation. And this whole history, which we just went through a lot of history in a very short span of time, but all this is uh, verified history um, outside of the Holy Scriptures, verified history that if you do the research, you can easily find, easily find. Well put, man, well put. 
And I want to uh, uh, go a step further. I, I mean, that was well put. I hope y'all got that. Remember, the brother's going to be talking, I'm going to be talking, and we're going to be saying stuff kind of fast. Now, I can tell you right now, Brother Yashua can have three two-hour sessions on what he just talked about. That's just how condensed that was. So believe you me, I know it was a lot. I know y'all, some of y'all know a lot, but you didn't get all that, trust me. Uh, so if you want to rewind it, you can do that. Not a problem. Rewind it later on and listen to the show and get that. Brother Yeshua, what I want you to do is as often as you can, normally you do this anyway, but this is just a reminder, if you could, please, give sources where people can go and research this because some people are listening to you on the phone lines, in the chat room, and they want more information on it. They may not know you enough to just take what you say and run with it, which they shouldn't be doing that with anybody. So if there's books you can think of, please uh, share that with the people. If there's books you can think of or if there's individuals, like you can quote a certain author. This author talks about this a lot. Go to this website or Facebook pages or anything. Let them know how they can get more. Every time we share something, I want to, us to, if we can remember to share where you can get more on this at. Right, right. Well, um, you know, first off, I'll just quote two sources. Um, number one, The Babylon from Timbuktu. I think that's a great book. It talks about the history of our people um, during the time from, well, during the time all through Africa, from 70 AD when, like I said, the Romans came and uh, destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and the Israelite people fled into Africa. That is a great book that actually uh, describes how our people were living in different uh, Jew, Jews. Uh, we had communities all through Africa for a period of 1,500 years. Um, and and um, another book reference we can look at is um, it's called Into Egypt Again with Ships. It's by Elisha J. Israel. And the Babylon from Timbuktu book is written by uh, Rudolph A. Windsor. Windsor. Uh, those are both good books, good references you can go back. And, um, and any history book, any world history book or uh, history book of in the East or different things like that, you know, we can see um, we can see uh, some things pretty much that describes what I just talked about. Um, so the, the, those are some references, some books that you can actually look up to uh, – to research these very facts, because they truly are facts that we're stating, um, not opinion, but facts. Um, another yeah. thing, what I would say is, um, you know, the uh, the Israelite people, we can see that, you know, contrary to what the world believes, that, you know, they scattered through um, Europe, and they just pretty much made up a whole story of how they went to Europe and different things like that. Um, that That's not in the history from 70 A.D., and, and it's, it's not logical either. It's not logical. When you look at the history of the Israelite people, they always went back to Africa, back and forth to Africa, back and forth to Africa. And what people don't realize is they always talk about these so-called European Jews and different things like that, saying that they went to Europe and these different places, but not knowing that when you read through the Old Testament, Europe is very rarely mentioned in in the history of the Israelite people. Europe is not hardly mentioned at all. But you can see Africa mentioned, I mean, all over. 
different places of Africa is just mentioned. Um, because, like I say, they went among people who they feel more comfortable with because those people look like them. Well put, very good point. And I just I just want to say, uh, let's do this. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to name some books. You name some books. And, folks, y'all want to really write this down, what I'm about to say, because I'm going to share with y'all some books that you can go and listen to scholars coming from all kind of walks of life, different angles. Some of them lean more towards history than others. Some of them lean towards both Bible and history. These books that I'm going to quote you are quoting both history, remember tonight, Tonight we're talking mainly about how do we know we Israelites based upon history outside of the Bible and science outside of the Bible and even common sense and spirituality. Anything we can present to you tonight outside of the 66 books, we're going to do just that. Again, proving we're Israel without using the scripture. So what I want to do at this time, Brother uh, Yeshua, is... Name some books that these people can go and read that will deal with scriptures. Or will, excuse me, that will deal with uh, science and history, proving we Israelites. Now, that don't mean that the book may not go into some Bible as well. But since tonight we're talking about history and science, I want to name some books that do just that. And one of them I can tell you right now is Valley of the Dry Bones. Valley of the Dry Bones is a very good book, and this book, again, is one of those books that talks about the scriptures, but it also mentions history, and um, uh, I don't know how much you get into science. I don't. It's been a while since I read it, but I know that was one of the books that is uh, that was a blessing to me. Uh, I had already knew it was Israel, but this book gave me a lot of uh, ammunition, so to speak. Another book is by Dr. Ben Yakanan, Dr. Ben Yakanan, who is very much uh, uh, a popular figure among Afrocentricity studies. And this gentleman wrote a book called We Black Jews Do Testify to the White Jew Myth. We the Black Jews Do Testify to the White Jew Myth. And he goes off into some really good stuff in that book again, validating that we are indeed people of the book. So, uh, and then there's some other books, uh, by, one by Shadrach out of, uh, if I can get on the Internet here, I can look up the exact titles. I don't want to misquote anybody, but there's a brother. You remember, uh, brother, what, uh, uh, brother Yashir, what brother Shadrach's title is? I think it's the uh, called The Israelite. He's out of Toronto. Um, I'll look that, that one up. Yeah. But there's... He has Go ahead. he has a few different books. Uh, I think one of them is called The Forgotten Israelites. I believe okay. that's, that's what one of them is called. The that's Forgotten. That's the one Israel. I was thinking of. That's the one I was thinking of. Thank you, thank you. But it's not just Brother Shadrach, but there are several books. For, uh, I just can't. I, actually, I'm trying to pull up my library. In my library, I know I have at least about eight books, probably more than that. I may have. Actually, I have more than that, but. Uh, that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to just go here. Brother, uh, if you can name some more books that really go off into this, a lot more than we can do tonight, and then I'm going to actually pull up my library that I have online. And 
trying to type here and talk at the same time. That's what happened. But uh, another book, okay. another book, uh, like I said, I think those, I think it's Rudolph Windsor as well, uh, Valley of the uh, Dry Bones. So if y'all want to know the author's name, I think it's by Windsor also. Um, and, okay, my library, for those of you that's online, if you can go to the front page, if you can just go to the front page, is all you got to do, and look, read my the bio to the to the show, you will see the very last words I have is a link to the lock, my library. For those of you that don't don't have time to write, you're driving down the road or listening on your uh, headphones or whatever, you just don't have a pen. Remember to go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. Once you get to my front page, just read the regular bio. Just, you know, our every show has a, a bio. Read that, and you will see a link. The last things I put up there is a link to my library. Once you go to my library, you will get a whole lot of books on this conversation, how we know we Israel from a, a biological standpoint, uh, from a uh, scientific standpoint, a, a standpoint, historical standpoint, biblical standpoint, and uh, now I have my library up, and I can actually give y'all some of the uh, some of the books. But so I thought I had eight. Hey, guess how many I have, brother Yeshua? I have twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. <laughs> So here are some those of y'all that want to know uh, some books. Here's a book by a gentleman by the name of Arthur, Arthur Kessler. Arthur Kessler, if I pronounce his name right, it's called The Thirteen Tribe, The Khazar Empire and Its Heritage. This brother goes deep into history. And the reason why he said 13 tribes because it was only 12 tribes, and he's, he's, he's saying who is his 13 tribes. Uh, this is an account of medieval Khazar Empire of Eastern Europe and of the circumstances leading to the Khazars' 10th, century mass conversion to Judaism, okay? Very good book. Another book is called The Jews of yeah, Khazaria. I don't know if you wanted to say this about that book. You know that that was written by um, one of those fake Jews himself. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, I didn't know that. And that, that yeah, gives yeah, it more credence. You know what? Actually, yeah, I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. I did know Arthur Kessler was a Jew. I'm tripping. I did know that. We talked about that before. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to look at the next thing I'm going to read here. I, but yeah, I definitely, definitely knew that. But there is other books. There's called a book called The Cochin Tribes, Cochin, C-O-C-H-I-N, C-O-C-H-I-N, The Cochin Tribes and Cast. This is talking about Jews in India because you know the 12 tribes were dispersed the four corners of the earth. They're not just in America. They're in four corners of the earth. They have been dispersed by the Most High. He judged them and, and scattered them throughout the four corners. Many scriptures say that. This book is called The Coaching Tribes and Cast, and this is by L. Krishna, uh, Anatha Krishna Liar. And he goes into these. Uh, it says here, just to give you a little note here, it says other Hebrew tribes scattered. Uh, that that was my notes actually. So anyway, check out that book. Another book is called The Jews of Kazaria. That's by Kevin Allen Brook. Kevin Allen Brook. Another book is called The Jews and Their Lives. This one by a general that goes by the name of Martin Luther. Martin Luther. Actually, that was by the Martin Luther. No, is that by the Martin Luther? 
Anyway, it's Martin Luther. Which Martin Luther? I'm not going to get into that. The Synagogue of Satan, The Secret History of the Jewish World Domination. That's by Andrew Carrington. Now, I know he said the Synagogue of Satan. That may be offensive to some people, but just so y'all know, we love all people. We ain't putting on no hatred. We ain't putting on hatred, but the Bible does talk about the Synagogue of Satan. There are all people that know who we are. I'm talking about us on this line right now. They know who we are, and they still go around saying they're the Jews. So you start doing that, you are then operating in a satanic uh, mind frame. And this is the people we call the synagogue. But for those Jews or those people that think they're Jews and they just don't know, we ain't got. We don't think they're evil. We just think they're they're, they're ignorant or they're misguided or they, they're like our people. They're ignorant. They're just deceived. Okay, there's another book called from uh, Babylon 10, book 2. Actually, Brother, uh, uh, Brother Yashua mentioned it earlier. There's a book called Black Judaism, Story of an American Movement. Black Judaism, Story of an American Movement. This is by James E. Landon. And I'm speaking fast because this is recorded, and y'all can always go back and listen. Again, we're talking about proof, historical proof, biblical, I mean, excuse me. Tonight we're talking about historical proof, and and physical proof and, and, and scientific proof outside of the scriptures that we are Israel. These books go into various historical points. Some of them talk even on a scientific level. Strangers in the Land, Black Jews, Post-Holocaust America by Eric uh, Sunquist. Eric Sunquist. All of these books, I must admit, I haven't read every single one of them, but I read enough of them to know that, where they stand. This is very interesting. Um, a book called The Invention of the Jewish People. He kind of comes at a different angle. He actually don't believe in no Jewish people, including us. But what he does is a good job of dismantling the people that call themselves Jews. He does an excellent job at that. It's just that he's ignorant as to who the real Jews are. But he does go into history. I think he goes into the case um, whole movement and everything. A very book. Uh, discrediting the the Jewish people in terms of who they are biologically. Okay, another book is called The African Origin of Modern Judaism, From Hebrews to Jews. This is by Joseph uh, V. Malcolm, M-A-L-C-I-O-L-N. I'm sure I mispronounced his name. Another book is called Facts of Facts by Benjamin Friedman, Facts of Facts by Benjamin Friedman. Another is called Ring Around the Roses by um, I'll spell the last name G Y E O R G O S. Sarah's Hayton. Uh, Sarah's is S E R E S. Sarah's Hayton. H A T O N N. Another one is called Hindu Tribes and Caste as Represented in Bernard's Volume 3 by Matthew Sharon. S H E R I N G. This one talks about other tribes that lived out those prophecies in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26 all up in India. you got to remember, these tribes have been scattered throughout the four corners of the earth. They're in Africa. We believe the South African Limba people are part of them. We believe the Shanti Nation have Jewish characteristics or Israelites' characteristics. Uh, the untouchables in India, for sure. Uh, the Australians, the Aborigines and of Australia, a lot of these people got to where they were in slave ships. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, that's one of the things that will happen. Again, we're talking about historical proof of black Jews tonight. These books go into history. A lot of them goes into science as well, physical characteristics, common sense. These books go all kind of angles that proving this point. We're not by ourselves. This is the world's view. We're not the only ones just in America that believe this. Me and brother, this brother on the line right now, we've been to Israel. 
And we can tell you we're not alone on this. We went to visit 4,000 Israelites that lived right in Demona, and we can, that's another thing we've got to talk about, Brother Yahshua, is our visit to Israel, and especially the young man that challenged you uh, as, as far as you being a Jew. Uh, the International Jew by right. the one and only Henry Ford. The International Jew by the one and only Henry Ford. Yes, we're talking about the Henry Ford, singing the automaker. He wrote a book called The International Jew where he comes out and says who the real Jews are. The Lost Tribes, a myth uh, suggesting towards... Re- okay, here's this is a book. It's called The Lost Tribes, a myth suggesting towards rewriting Hebrew history. Alan Godbay does a good job talking about, again, proving our point from a, coming from a different angle. In the book I mentioned earlier, We the Black Jews, Witness to the White Jewish Myth by Dr. Yosef A. Ben Yakanan. Dr. Ben, everybody knows about Dr. Ben. He's, he has taught in all types of white institutions. He is no joke. High paid brother, been to Africa a trillion times and very well respected in all circles. Dr. Yosef A. Ben Yakanan. Yakanan is going to be spelled with the J, okay? J O C H A N A. Uh, J-O-C-H-A-N-N-A-N. The Truth About the Black Biblical Israelites uh, by Ella Hughley. It's been around for a long time. All right? Getting down to, I told you I had 27 of them. Hebrewisms of West Africa. I'm telling you, West Africa is full of people keeping the Shabbat and following the feast days. Y'all thought the people in Israel was doing this. Please, before they even became a nation in 1948, there was black folks all over the world practicing these same ancient cultures that the Israelites practiced in the Old Testament. Who are you going to believe, folks? Hebrewisms of West Africa. This is by Joseph J. William. Uh, Black Zion, African, uh, it says Black Zion, African American religious encounters with Judaism. This is by Yvonne Patricia, I'll spell the last name, C H I R E A U. Okay, The Black Jews of Africa. This is a book, a very good book that talks about various people in Africa keeping these feast days, just following this Israelite custom. Again, a lot of these people do believe in the Messiah big time. This book is by Edith Bruner. Again, the Black Jews of History, excuse me, the Black Jews of Africa, History, Religion, Identity. The Black Jews of Africa, History, Religion, Identity. That's the name of the book. Another book by Indus Kush. Indus Kush is called Enoch, the Ethiopian, the Lost People of the Bible, Greater Than Abraham. That's the name of the book. Okay? And then Biblical Hebrew Israelites from America to the Promised Land, the Great. Uh, that's by Shelak, S-H-A-L-E-A-K, Ben Yehuda. Just so you know, a lot of these people, well, not a lot of them, but some of these people are not black. All these folks are not black folks. Some of these people are of different ethnic groups. Journal of African Civilization is another one by Ivan Van Sertima. And the list goes on and on and on. This is the one that just so happened to be in Brother Seth's library, my library, but... The brother on the phone, Brother Yahshua, who's my co-host tonight, and Brother Gary, if he's able to make it tonight. Uh, these brothers have a different experience. They may have all types of people that I haven't even mentioned yet, books that they have. I know for a fact Brother Gary has some books that I didn't even name. So, again, folks, there's a lot of information out there. If you don't know, not a problem. You just need to ask somebody. Brother uh, Yeshua, I want to put any more books you can think of that I didn't cover and 
that was a mouthful, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It definitely was. Um, no more that you didn't cover because I think you gave enough. I think with all yeah. of those books, I mean, that's plenty, plenty enough proof for anybody that really wants to know. Uh, the only thing I would say to add on to that is actually I think those are enough reading. I would actually refer to another type of book now. Uh, the type that I want to refer to are, and actually I can't name any right off, but they're not hard to find. But there are a lot of books that actually you can just start by going to the Internet. Pretty much everybody has the Internet these days. And you can start by doing like a Google search or something and trying to find, um, I guess, what do they call it, lost, uh, like artifacts or ancient or old pictures of Israelites, old pictures of um, of even um, old pictures that they portrayed as Christ and uh, his mother and things like that. Because all of these pictures are old pictures uh, found all around Europe. Before they did whitewashing, um, they still have relics of a lot of these pictures in different museums all over the world, found all around Europe. You can find pictures of these things in many of those type of uh, history books that are primarily designed for just giving you pictures, and they'll tell you where the picture was found, what the picture was about, and different things like that. Even in the uh, the Roman catacombs, it's one book that deals specifically with all the pictures they found in the Roman catacombs. Um, people don't know what the Roman catacombs are. It was um, soon after around the first century where we always read the history of what they would say things like, you know, you people prior are familiar with the history when they'll say, well, the Romans used to, um, to feed the Christians to the lions and Colosseums and things like that. Well, that's all true history. But the one thing that is confusing about that statement is the word Christian. And many people today think of Christians as we think of today, but not knowing that in the first century where the Romans were feeding these people to the lions in the Colosseum, and it was looked at, looked at as a sport to the Roman people, the only Christians at that time were the Israelite people. The Israelite well, people, the first part. Go ahead, sir. No, you kind of broke off there for a second. You came back. Go ahead. Okay. Well, what I said was the only Christians at that time in the first century were the Israelite people. And our our ancestors were the people that were being fed to the lions and the tigers in the Colosseums in Rome. And they have actually pictures of these different things in the Roman catacombs and showing uh, pictures of of the Messiah and the Messiah's mother and different things like that. And um not even to say that this is a real picture of him, because even those pictures were still about a hundred years after uh, he walked the earth. So I'm not using it to say it is a direct representation of his face and how he looked, but I am using it to say it's very ironic that all of those ancient pictures, they always portrayed him as a black man with woolly hair, and that's the point. Um, he was never portrayed as a white man until, uh, what was it, I believe it was uh, one of the so-called popes, Leonardo VI, I believe, uh, son of Rome. Uh, I think it was. One of those, you can find it in the history. It was a certain time that he petitioned uh, Leonardo da Vinci to paint the picture that's going to be the image of the new Christ in the world. That's when they painted him as white. 
Okay, excuse me. And that's also when, you know, they went around the world and started to change all the images that he was previously uh, portrayed as the black man. They started to whitewash those pictures and change make it lighter, different things like that. And and these are facts as well. It's not something that, you know, me or Brother Seth is making up. These facts of history known as whitewashing, um, econoclast, just look at the different things and you'll, you'll see those things to be the case. So along with those book readings that he gave, you go to these different uh, archaeological facts and find the pictures that go along with it, and it's undeniable proof that Israel was a black nation in the past from the pictures in Egypt, and it's still a black nation today because of all the different things that happened to the people, and we're the only people that can fit all of these things of being a scattered people, um, and again, outside of the Bible, but being a scattered people, history says Israel is a scattered people, okay? It's outside of the land of Israel, all these different lands. Well put, well put. And I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, because uh, we're just, I'm just gonna, we're gonna just start hitting just different things, different things. And, and the big thing, the big presentation I got when I got, uh, I want to talk about it is later, uh, the whole evolution of white skin. But that's the dagger. That is the strongest thing. So those of you listening, I know some of y'all may not have time to listen to the whole show. I'm telling y'all, tune back in because we're gonna deal with on this show tonight the whole evolution of white skin as, uh, and, and I'm telling you, when you hear this, it's going to be ludicrous to paint anybody in that region white, especially in ancient times. So I want to do this, Brother Yahshua. I want to switch gears and go back to when you and I visited the land of Israel. I've had the opportunity to go there eight times, actually nine times, but one of them was a very short trip, and you happened to go there, and I want you to share with everybody what happened with this, just just what you think, go ahead and just talk about the trip in general, and, but, you know, sticking, sticking to the, to the subject, uh, but, but what you observe in terms of the, the ethnicity of the people, because, you know, we, we, everybody, we, all, we go see some people in Demona, and they believe we're Israel just like we believe it. We don't agree with everything they teach there in Demona, but we do vehemently agree with them that we are the people of the book and they left in 1967 to go and live in the land of Israel and they got into it with the government of Israel, you know, trying to dictate that they was not like they have the authority to dictate who's Israel and who's not. You know, they're on the investigation themselves by the elite minds of the world is who are you in the first place. But anyway, they said to these people that come from America, African-Americans, so-called African-Americans, dark-skinned people, come in there in 1967. Actually, it was a little bit after that because they went to Africa first, but they went there and began to declare we're Israel, and they end up, make the long story short, they end up staying in the land in a place called Demona, southern Israel, uh, land of Judah is what historically that is. But brother, this brother, brother Yahshua, had the opportunity to go there he went to the Dead Sea, or the Sea of Life is what, what we call it, but it, historically we call it Dead Sea. Uh, he, uh, we call it Sea of Life because you go there and you get your body renewed. But technically it is called the Dead Sea. And we went there, and he had an opportunity to go there, and, and Jerusalem and the City of David, Mount Olive, 
yeah, she was all over that place. And I want him to talk about one experience he had when he went to trial on uh, a, a band by some uh, Israelis, uh, young brothers that were selling some uh, wristbands. I want him to share what happened this exchange, if you don't mind, brother. I know you probably don't think none of it, but every time you tell, tell a story, I, it just shocks me. Because the reason why it shocks me, or I shouldn't say shocks me, but it, the reason it, it just really interests me is because I walk around in Israel with a tape recorder sometimes. And the purpose of that tape recorder is for me to ex- to record exchanges I have with the Israelis priests if I can get them to talk. Problem is they don't want to talk to us. But sometimes, you, you, like on the flight, I did get the opportunity to record a brother, a, a, a priest, and he went into details about this whole notion of black folks being Israel. I told him there was this movement that they need to be concerned about, and he allowed me to record it. So that's why I like to record people when I'm in Israel. So, brother, Yeshua had this experience, and I didn't know anything about it. He didn't tell me to lady, and I was like, man, I could have recorded that, brother. So, anyway, go ahead and share with everybody what happened with this with these Israeli young men. Uh, when I say they're young, don't 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 downplay now that these people were studying to be priests. As young people, you have to either go into the military or you study to be priests in Israel. So these ain't no Rudy Poots. These are some young men that know exactly who they are, more so than those in the military know, because they're taught day in and day out the uh, whole curriculum, the whole every. They just taught from A to Z everything, how to be a Jew in their minds and all of the customs and traditions and feast days and everything. That's what they go through. They have to become priests or they join the military. So, Brother Joshua, go ahead and share what you experienced. Okay, okay, no problem. Um, Well, first I would say that, you know, even riding around the land, uh, when we were riding to different parts, we seen. Uh, black people all over the land of Israel. Um, and they were black people that's been there for generations. You know, we would talk to the people and we would ask them, they've been there for a long time. It was a lot of, um, what I, my picture of Israel was, it was a lot of modern mixed with ancient at the same time. You know, we may see, you know, a lot of modern things, but then we'll look over and we'll see, you know, almost like a shepherd guy. You know, it looks like in the middle of nowhere with mountains and He's walking with his goat and things like that. But these were black people. Every time I've seen people like that, they were black people that's been in the land of Israel for a long time. So that was something very uh, significant to take note that you'd ever really see when you watch the TV. They don't... Go ahead, Seth. Brother, brother yeah, sure, I mean to interrupt you, but i got to say this. You know, people, do y'all know that statistically they say Israel, I think it's, I forget the number, but Israel is vastly a non-white land. It is so ludicrous to think that those people you see at the Wailing Wall is the face of Israel. Like Brother Yeshua said, it's a very, I'm talking about with a capital V, a very dark-skinned land, Jericho, Jerusalem. I mean, uh, anywhere you go, it is these people, and they do not look European at all. I just have to throw it out there because my mind was just blown by what you just said. I, you just move it on and move it on. Sometimes, but I just had to highlight that. 
It's a very dark-skinned right. land. The only time you see a whole lot of white people is where all the cameras are in Jerusalem. The world is trying to, the world media is trying to brainwash us into something that's not a reality. But if you go to those outskirts where people are free to move about and they don't have all the armies, uh, military people with big guns, because that's where all the guns are in Jerusalem. But if you can just get outside of there, it's just people of color. We went we went about uh, probably a good 200 feet from the Wailing Wall, and there was this black community inside a place called Prison Gate. There was over 1,000 people in these, like, cells, prison cells, and I'm going to let you give you back to my but I have to say this because I don't want you to jump off this too quickly. There was over 1,000 black folks in a place called Prison Gate, and they live in these little, like, houses, and it, when they begin to start sharing the history, they'll tell you that these were or used to be prison cells. But when the Crusades happened, their forefathers fought with these Crusaders, and these Crusaders, they, they created these, these prison cells, and these people said, we'll never leave Israel. That's one black one black connection. But then there's another black connection with Ethiopian Jew, Ethiopian monks and Ethiopian Jews that are there, and their priest is there in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. When you go see supposedly where Christ was, uh, where the cross was, you know, which I have issues with that with it being there. But there's these black priests. You see these these black priests running around the, that that holy shrine, the most popular place on the planet for tourists. And these black priests are there. So there's a lot of black folks, even in Jerusalem, in the holy of holy things. And, and don't let me forget, brother, I'm going to let you go ahead. But don't let me forget to talk about the black paintings that nobody sees when they go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre because they're off in the dark. But there's like six black paintings. I have them right. on my Facebook. So include that, brother. I don't want you to just forget. I don't want us to forget about the black paintings. But I, oh. I, 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 go ahead and finish what you were saying, please. Okay, okay, no problem. And then also, uh, remember, we were uh, driving around with our tour guide, and we went to, like, different neighborhoods throughout the land of Israel, and it was just neighborhoods were just full of black people. I mean, full of black people. We went to certain neighborhoods. Um, also, what he mentioned about the uh, the Ethiopian priests, they actually had a uh, a little store, a shop, right there in Jerusalem. I mean, right there in the middle of Jerusalem. Uh, but what was ironic about this is they sold little paintings and things like that in their store, and these are black people. They're Ethiopians. And so I remember um, talking to one of them, and I would ask, and they could speak very little English, but it was broken, but you can understand. Because what I seen in their store, what they were selling, it was a picture of, you know, supposed to be Christ, but it was white. And I asked them about the picture, and what the lady told me was, she said, their cu- most of their customers come from America, and they believe that they themselves believe that Christ was black. But they said, but the people that come from America won't buy those pictures. They said that they will only buy these pictures of a white Christ. So that's why they sell them as a money making thing. But she told me herself that we believe that Christ was black. You know, so all hey. these things <laughs> just ironic, and he just told so, Go ahead, sir. And, I, and man, I gotta tell you, when I went to Egypt, and I went to that uh, uh, no, no, Egypt. When I went to Ethiopia, and I walked to the Ethiopian museum, the same thing happened to me because they got many, many pictures of Christ being black at the Ethiopian museum. 
But I said, I and mean, this is a real deal here. But then I saw a few whites, and I said, well, why, wait a minute now. This is Ethiopia. Now, this is where, you know, and so I pulled the, the, what is the curator, whatever, what's the name of the person over the museum? Isn't it called curator? I can't think of the uh, name. But I put, but whoever the top guy was, I, I asked him, I said, listen, what's with the white images? And he said the exact same thing. That is weird. I didn't mean to cut y'all. Go ahead, but that happened right. to Adisa Baba when I visit Ethiopia. But go ahead, my brother. Right, and it just goes to show to the strength of white supremacy and the way it has truly touched almost every nation upon this earth. That's what it goes to show. Um, so, anyway, so you know, as we were traveling, um, <clears throat> like Brother Seth said, um, we came in. Well, I came into contact. I think you guys were maybe you were over doing something else not too far away. I could see you, but um, you know it was a like a little stand, and you know some of the um, you know the guys, you know how they're dressed up in their all black suits and different things like that. When you know they're in the religion of Judaism, their hats and different things that they wear. Um, they had a stand going where they were actually selling like some little artifacts and things. So you know I was looking at them along with other people. The other guys were picking them up, trying them out, and this and that. So I just say, hey, let me pick a one and see, you know, try it out or whatever. Um, just, you know, we passing time. I think we were waiting on the bus at the time. So the guy, I guess he noticed, you know, just from me being a so-called black man, not fitting in around those other white guys who was claiming Judaism. So he basically kind of uh, singled me out, like, well, no, you, you can't put it on, whatever. You can't try it out. You have to be uh, Jewish is what he said. And I said, I am a Jew, you know, and what makes you think that I'm not? You know, I'm referring to I'm being a Jew as in, as we know, we are Jews, as in ethnicity, you know, southern kingdom, tribe of Judah type of Jew, not in the religion of Judaism. So me and him got into a discussion. So I just pretty much, I told him, and I broke down the history of the Israelite people to him. I said, look, Israel was and is a black nation. Israel have always been a black nation. Um, I said, you know, what happened to our history, and I'm pretty sure you are aware of it, because he was actually from, I forget which country he told me, he was from a European country, and he uh, traveled over to Israel to go to school. Uh, he was in, like, their uh, schools that they have to go to to become a, a either a rabbi or a priest or whatever they have to go through. Uh, so he was going to school over there, learning the history and learning everything. So he was very familiar with the history that I quoted and stated. And I said, you know, that the, the uh, northern kingdom went into captivity in 722 B.C. and never returned. The southern kingdom went into captivity in 586 B.C., but then they returned later back to the land of Jerusalem, built the, the second temple and different things like that. And I said, these are all my people because as I went to Deuteronomy 28, and I started to break down the curses to him, which he were all familiar with these things. And I said, your people doesn't fit any of these curses that's written in this Bible that's prophesied for the true children of Israel to go to. But I said, but my people do. The so-called black people in America and the other places that have been scattered, uh, we fit all of these curses, having yokes of iron on our neck and different things like that. I quoted to him, and he knew, he seen from my facial expression, he seen how I just ran off history and matched it up with the scriptures, though he seen that I knew who I was. And there was no denying that I knew who I was as a true descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
And so at that point, at the end of, after I ran off the history to him for about five minutes, and he looked me right in my eye and he said, and basically what I told him, I also quoted uh, some of the history of the European so-called Jews as well. And I said, well, these people of European descent, they came out of the case of our empire. They were never uh, biologically related to the children of Israel. It was just a nation that converted to a religion called Judaism, and these are the people that's in the land today. And he looked me right in my eye and said, I cannot deny anything that you just said. And we're in the land of Israel. He's a so-called a so-called Jew, which the world believes is the true people, talking to me, a so-called African-American. And I told him, my people are the true Jews, and his people is not. I told him the history of where his people came from and the history of my people, that we are the real people that fits the prophecies and fits the, everything that's going to happen to the children of Israel. And that's exactly what he told me. He said, I cannot deny anything that you just said. You know, and, and from that point on, hmm Yep. Go, go ahead, ahead, go sir. ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I, no, I was just going to say, and you know, from that point on, the whole karma of everything just kind of changed, you know, how we were talking and different things like that, and he was just looking at me with a, a different look. It was almost like he knew in the beginning who we were, but they wasn't going to tell us. You know, when they go to these schools, these different pictures that, uh, that the uh, people drew of Israel, that we are... Uh, talking about these are not hidden pictures. You can find them on the internet. And these people go to these schools to learn all about the children of Israel. Now, these people, a lot of these people who are so-called rabbis in Judaism, because these people have to go to school in order to become a rabbi in Judaism. These are the top people, not their lay people. A lot of their lay people, like Brother Seth said earlier, they're deceived as well. Somebody told them they was a Jew. They believe they're a Jew. They haven't really did all the research and all the history, but a lot of their so-called rabbis have, and a lot of them know that they are not the people. A lot of them know that. You can even, um, I've seen different YouTube videos of different um, so-called rabbis, white guys, stating this very fact that that the children of Israel in ancient times were black people, you know, Um so, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. And then as we walked away and different things like that, and that's when I told you, Brother Seth, and you was like, man, I wish you would have told me I could have came over and taken and this and that. And I was just kind of caught up in the moment because you know how it was. Ever since we first boarded the plane, you know, we've been pretty much trying to talk to them people and try to have a conversation with them, especially you. And you kept saying, hey, let, I want to go and talk to one of them. You know, they believe they are. Let's talk to them and this and that. And I was like, you know, I was ready too. You know, so ever yeah, since, and, you know, the plan. So I was kind of caught up in a moment and didn't think about that. Yeah, and just so everybody know, I'm, I, he's, he's not lying. I've been doing it for a, a, a long time. I mean, again, eight years. I go there, and, and that one conversation was all I was able to get. And it wasn't real good because, you know, on an airplane, the engine is going to tear you up when you record. So it wasn't that good, but... Right. Many people in and I tried to play it for a church in in uh, Cincinnati. It just wasn't that good of a quality. But all you know, yeah, I know y'all don't know me. But what you can do, you can go to my Facebook and you can look at pictures of me doing just the very things we're saying. You can see us talking to uh, people uh, in Israel, uh, and uh, you can see my recorder. You can just see me actually with that with that camera all over the world. Tell you the truth. 
But I'm just saying, folks, this ain't no joke. This is a real deal. And and I want to share an experience. And then what I would like to do, Brother, brother uh, Yeshua, is I want to talk about why it's important, why it's relevant, what does it have to do with white people, what does it have to do with Hispanics, what does it have to do with all of the different people of the world, why should they be interested in this conversation? Why? It's not like a black thing. It's not like you people are getting off on talking about blackness. Some people are going to say that. So what I want to do after I share this story I had in Israel, but similar to what Brother Yeshua shared, is I want to share my testimony. And then what I want to do is switch gears and talk about why it's important, why it's relevant, what what does it have to do with 2012? What does it have to do with your kids, your man, your woman, your your job? What what does this all have to do with anything? Why is it important? Why should you be listening? Why should you spend the next moment listening to us? This is going to catch you off guard when we share just how relevant it is for today. But let me share a couple experiences I had in Israel. Whenever I go to Israel, when I have went, and I went from 2001, uh, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, I think 2008 I went twice because I could take my niece. She in the stand, and my niece actually, uh, from the experiences of going with me, ended up uh, marrying a guy from there, and she lived in Israel. Charity, you remember uh, Charity, uh, Brother Yahshua? Do you remember my niece Charity? You breaking up? Oh, yeah, I'm breaking yeah. up. Yep, I started doing. Well, she ended up getting married. They got two kids, and make long story short, she she really got a good taste of business because she went up there and literally, literally lived for some years. But anyway, make the long story short. Uh, to tell my side of the story, I was uh, in Israel. And I was going to this mall, and there was this guy preaching. And you know how we always trying to talk to those folks. Well, here is a guy preaching with a little stand out there, and he had his books on his stand. So I figured, oh, my goodness, this guy's going to talk to me. And he was out there. He wasn't so much preaching. I'm saying he was preaching. He was set up like street preachers do, but he wasn't saying anything verbally. He was just handing out a lot of flyers or pamphlets or, or tracts is what they used to call them. And so I said, good, good, this guy is going to talk to me. This guy is going to talk to me. So I went and stood next to his stand. He was passing out tracks, and some people was literally throwing the tracks down in front of him. Others were just kind of blowing him off. And so there I was standing by a stand, and you would think he would think, oh, I got me a convert. I got me a prospect convert. But this guy looked back at me, standing next to his stand, which had all his little books for refilling, and he just ignored me. And I said, oh, okay, I see he don't want to talk to me. So I said, well, I'm going to stand right here because he got to come back to this stand and get his stuff. So I stood there and stood there and stood there, and I stood there and stood there and stood there, and I stood there. So finally, this guy must have said, this guy ain't going to go away, so he had to come back to his stand. So when he came back to the stand, this is exactly what he said to me. Folks, I'm not lying. This is what this man told me. And he's dressed up like an Israeli. He has the sideburns. He has everything y'all see as far as what you normally see when you see a so-called Jewish person. Dressed in black, at the hat, the whole nine yards, everything. He says to me, 
So are you one of those football players come to Israel, you football player, baseball player? This is exactly what he said to me, and this is what I said to him. I said, no, I'm one of those old ancient Israelites that just come home to just see how things are going on the land of my forefathers. Right. <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful to say to us. When I said that to this guy, just like Brother Yeshua said, I don't know the guy he talked to. I, I didn't see his response, but I'm going to tell you all something. This guy looked at me, and he dropped his head down. And I, I'm half pissed off because he made the football comment, so I, look, I was a little bit in the flesh. I just stood right there by him and didn't walk away for at least 30 seconds. Now, you know 30 seconds sound like it's not a long time, but just practice right now standing somewhere for 30 seconds and just staring at somebody. That's a long time. I just stood there and looked eyeball to eyeball at him, and this man began to look down at the ground. And I walked away after about 30 seconds, and and I kept looking back because I was going into this mall, remember? So I'm at the mall door, and I look back at it, and I must have took at least about, Oh, maybe 23 steps or something, because it was a good little distance. And I got to the the mall door and looked back, and he was still looking down in that same spot. So what does that tell you? Somebody said, don't tell me that. Maybe you intimidated. Maybe you scared him out. Maybe, but I think they have something to hide. And I think, like Brother Yeshua said, they do know the truth. They do know the truth. And a lot of whites, a lot of white people, and a lot of other ethnic groups know who we are. And for whatever reason, they like to sit back and just and just not tell you. I can't share with you. I can't tell you all how many times I've talked about things like this with coworkers, and they start sharing with all they know. And then this anger rose up almost because you wonder, why didn't you tell me if you know these things? You know our people is, is, in, a, is in an identity crisis. You know, Black youth are in an identity crisis. Black adults is in an identity crisis. Black churches is in an identity crisis. Yes, we. Somebody might say, "Well, it only matters who you are in Christ." That's true. That's the highest identity, who you are in Christ, what we have inherited spiritually. But you can't even get to learn and know any of that because we so full of self hatred and we so much full of hating the Bible and calling a white man book. So we don't even give. The, the the ministers a chance to talk about the deeper identity in the spirit, you know. So anyway, I just wanted to share you. One other thing I want to share is when we went to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, when we went to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, again, this is the church. If you go to Israel, you're going to go here. This is the place, the number one most visited place, top tourist attraction in the world. If Disney ain't it, Disney or the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, one of them, but when you go to Israel, you've got to go to this church. This is where the Ethiopian monks are. This is where the cross supposedly is at. This is on Mount Moriah in the city of David. So anyway, so we go up in this church, and there's people lined up to see the, the tomb that's de- dedicated to Mary. It's like a, it's not a tomb. It's a, it's a memorial dedicated to, to, to Mary. Then you go upstairs, and that's where Christ, the, where the cross is. Around the corner from where Mary's uh, memorial is, is these like six gigantic postings, pictures, paintings of of 
these black men, we don't know who they are. They have no name on enough. If you go to my Facebook, you can see it. Go to my Facebook, click on picture photos, and then click on Israel photos, and you can see these paintings. It will blow you away to see these paintings because they are very dark-skinned men. One of them is holding some tablets, obvious that may be Moses, but it don't say Moses. And then there's other ones. There's one that looked like he might be the Messiah standing on, like, I think it was like some clouds. Again, go to my Facebook. You can see these right now. We ain't making this stuff up. And nobody was over there at these giant paintings. But our tour guide, that's why if you ever go to Israel, you should go see the Israelites, the people we're talking about, the people in Demona. Their website is www.kingdomofyah.com. Go see them because they're going to show you everything that the white tourists are going to show you, but they're going to show you what they call the hidden ones, the hidden ones. Their tours focus on people that you don't see in the media. Like Brother Yeshua was saying earlier, all of these little towns we went to were very dark-skinned people. There are no white towns in Israel, probably with the exception of Jerusalem. And that's where the cameras at. That's where most of the soldiers are at. And I think it's propaganda to brainwash the people into thinking that that whole land is white when really it's just Jerusalem where the goal is, so to speak. But if you go to Jericho and all of those lands, Tiberias and all of those lands around there, all those little cities, it's a very, very non-white area. Okay, so I just wanted to say that about those paintings. That blew me away. And our tour guide took us. He said, why don't he said, let's go here. And, and what's funny is a lot of times we're on our tour, a lot of people that's on a lot of these white tours will try to eavesdrop to hear what our instructor is saying because he get all off into the uh, the uh, European uh, uh, what's, what the our tour guide break down everything. He talks about the stones where they come from. He talks about how Europe have tried to come in and try to Europeans have tried to come in and change things. And some of it upsets some Christians because they they talk about uh, I mean again they talk about how Europeans have come in and whitewashed the whole story. So our tour guide is constantly pointing out white supremacists, European stones, European talked about the Crusades, their influence, different things that happen. Like, for instance, we go on top of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Most people, most tours ain't going to take their people on the top of the church because on top of the church, guess who live on top of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, folks? And those of you in the chat room, I just got a, a warning that in 90 seconds of this show, uh, you won't be able to listen. So y'all need to call the phone number, 760-283-0838. Again, if you're listening, you need to call the phone lines. You're going to get disconnected, 760-283-0838. I'm going to post this phone number in the uh, chat room. But you got to listen. We we got a whole lot of customers. We're not done yet. All right, 760-283-0838. I just posted that phone number in the chat room, call that number, you're going to be disconnected. But anyway, on the top of the Church of the Holy, Holy Sepulchre is these black monks, these black priests, I don't know if they're monks, but they're priests from Ethiopia. And the reason they live on top of that church, see, they're not going to take the white thing, on, white tour guys is not going to take their people on top of that church because they've got to tell this story I'm about to tell you. The reason these these priests live on top of that cathedral is because back in the crusades these ethiopian priests used to have keys to the city used to have access to israel in a way a lot of people 
just don't know about. I mean, they had they owned a lot of that property, and there was a big war, not just the Arabs and these uh, crusaders, but also these Ethiopians was in the middle of it because Ethiopians have a tradition that they uh, their forefathers, Menelik, you know, Queen of Sheba and Solomon had a baby, uh, supposedly. This is Ethiopian uh, uh, teachings. And uh, Solomon and Queen of Sheba had a baby named Menelik. Menelik, you can look this up. It's all over the Internet, all over, all type of, not just, it just it's everywhere. This knowledge is common knowledge, Menelik, Menelik. Even the Israeli government acknowledged this. This is why they acknowledge the Ethiopians as, uh, they call them Falashian Jews, but that's a bad name. The Ethiopians don't like that. They like to be called Beta Israel, which means chosen. But anyway, they have a full, their forefather, which was Queen of Sheba and Solomon's son, Menelik. Uh, for that reason and that link to Israel, they have been coming to Israel for many years, uh, to uphold their culture, their uh, heritage in Israel. And they've been fighting with the Crusaders for years and years and years. And you got to go there, and I'm not doing this no justice. I'm not doing this no justice. Y'all got to go read up on this. It's a whole lot more than what I'm saying. But these people, make the long story short, have serious ties in the land of Israel. When the, when the, when the real Israelites were scattered, they kind of went there to kind of take care of the land kind of like caretakers because of the links with their forefather, Menelik. And if you don't know, King Solomon commanded 300 priests to go raise his son, to go with with his son and raise him as a Hebrew. Did y'all know that? Again, Queen Sheba had a son. And the Ethiopians say his name was Menelik. Menelik is not in the Bible, but the Ethiopians say that was his name. And Solomon commanded 300 priests to raise his son a uh, 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 to raise his son in the, the knowledge of Israel, and so he commanded these 300 priests. That's a lot of priests, but they were supposed to care of this baby. And to this day, that's where the Colossians get their link to Israel. And uh, I don't know if y'all know now, but the Israeli government sent eight uh, giant planes to go and airlift those. Ethiopian Jews out of Ethiopia and bring them to the land. That was a big thing. That That's even on YouTube. And I know we quote YouTube a lot. Don't trivialize YouTube. A lot of things on YouTube is, it, 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 I think, the most high for YouTube because it's going to put things out there that the powers that be ain't going to do. But you actually can see these these jumbo planes carrying these thousands of Ethiopians and they're singing and they're dancing as they arrive into Israel, uh, back into the homeland again, uh, from their uh, father, Menelik, uh, protecting that heritage. So anyway, having said all that, and I can share so many more uh, experiences I've had in Israel, but I want to, at this point, turn to the question I put out earlier, why this is important. Some of y'all might say, you know what, you got me interested, yeah, interested. This is very, very interesting what y'all are saying. It's really got me wanting to go study. I thank y'all for putting those books out there and in your experiences, and I feel like you was telling the truth, but I still don't quite understand. What if it's right? What if you're right? What if it's true? What does that have to do with my salvation, my bills, my 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 my, my life? What how does it relate to me? To this day, 
I'm a white man. I'm a white male. I have a white wife and I have children. And I stumbled upon the show, what is in it for my people? Or what's in it for my family? Why should I listen? So I'm going to take the most person that seemed like they would need this the least, Brother Yeshua, and I want to put this question to you first. What would you say to a person? And I know all white folks don't have money. We understand that. But let's just go there and say they are a well-to-do family. They are, they, they may have it so good they live off their interests. That's that's wealth when you're living off your interests. Some people live off their interests. I met some people like that. I had a good friend of mine that used to live off just the interests of their investments and money in the bank. That's pretty set. What would you say to those people, Brother Yashua? Why do they need any of this that we have talked about tonight? Well, you know, um, everyone needs salvation. Uh, salvation is open to everyone. Um, and I would say that this issue is actually linked to a salvation issue as well. Um, a lot of people think about uh, we're living in the last days. They're looking at last day prophecies and things like that. Well, it's virtually impossible to understand last day prophecies correctly if you do not understand who the nation of Israel is. Um, for instance, we can turn on most of the time if we're watching, um, I guess, preachers or ministers on mainstream television, their main thing is saying that, hey, the Jews are already in the land, so that means Christ can come back at any moment. We have to be ready because they're thinking that, number one, Israel has to go back home first and then the Messiah can come back. Well, if they're looking at a wrong people to be Israel, well, that whole concept is warped now. That whole thought process is just not accurate and out of the door. You know, so last-day prophecies, again, cannot be understood without understanding who Israel is because Israel is a last-day sign. The condition of the people of Israel is a last-day sign that we should look at for last-day prophecy. Um and all of these things are directly related to our salvation. Um, because Israel was and is the people that all of the people were instructed to go to, to go to the Israelites to get the Most High's word, go to the Israelites to get the teachings. That's why the Messiah was Israelite, all of the, you know, the disciples were Israelites, and these were the people instructed to lead the people into righteousness, to lead the people to... Um, to to teach the people about the Most High. Um, so 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 basically, you know, even in the Old Testament, the prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all these people were Israelites. These were the people that the Most High gave his holy word to. These were the people that the other nations knew. If I wanted to serve Yah, I must go to the Israelites who have the word of the Almighty. Um, and without the word of the Almighty, there is no salvation. You have to serve the right deity in order to have salvation. And the Israelites were nothing but a, um, what you would call a mediator or a middleman for the people to get the word of the Most High, um, especially in ancient times where it's not like it is today that everyone has a copy of the Bible. You know, Israel had these things as a nation. 
All the other nations didn't have the law. They didn't have the Torah. They didn't have all these different books and these different writings. They had to go to Israel to get them. I mean, we're living in a different time now that the printing press is made, and now everybody has access to the Bible. You can just punch up on the Internet, and anybody can read it. Where well, it wasn't so in ancient times. Israel was the nation of people that had these different articles and artifacts and all these different writings that the Most High passed down throughout the ages um, during different times. So we were the people to go to if anyone wanted to learn more about the Almighty, if anyone wanted to receive salvation, they had to come through the Israelites to get it because we had the Most High's word, and we were the only nation that had his word. So, you know, that's why it's important uh, for those two ways. Even spiritually, we're the people that have his word. And and, and, and uh, I want to add to that because some people say, well, what do you mean we're the people that have his word? Well, I won't say I'm going to add to it. Let me, let me ask you a clarification question. Uh, what do you mean we're the people that's got his word? Somebody might say anybody that follows the Holy Spirit that is following the Most High and the Holy Spirit is running, is ruling their life, they don't need you to teach them nothing. I mean, I actually agree with that. I'm saying what do you have to say to us that say that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, actually, I would say that um, even with the statement that I made, it's more of a broad and general statement. Um, I wouldn't deny that there are those out there, not of Israelite descent, that that have the Most High's word and uh, know the truth, and some of them didn't even learn it from an Israelite. So, you know, I wouldn't deny that. Uh, the statement was more of a, a general statement, uh, overall statement. Overall, uh, the Israelite people are the people that the Most High has instructed to be the teachers of the Holy Scriptures. And not to say that uh, someone of another race um, does not teach the Scriptures and does not even teach them correctly, because there are some some white brothers that teach the Scriptures uh, correctly. But but this was a more or less of a... Uh, general statement of an overall thing. And I think I know what you mean from a clarification standpoint. I think what you're saying is who mm-hmm. he gave his laws to first. And the Bible even talk about right. it say when it talks about the spiritual Jew, it even asks the question, so why it say so what didn't have the Israelite? Or why were there ever Jews in it? The most I now was gonna allow Gentiles to be part of salvation now and no longer just deal with Israel. Why did he take Israel? What do we need with the Israelite now? What do we need with the Jew now? And Paul goes on to say that the oracles was given, you know, because we were his people, he gave this to us first. We was the examples first. With Israel first. Now, yes, Noah had the truth, and there's a lot of, you know, uh, people that came through ancient times and Ham lineage and, and Yahweh's lineage that had truth, or Jesus, as some people say. Yes, they had truth to the most high, but as far as the nation, Israel was his people. Israel was the apple of his eye. Uh, Amos uh, talks about the book of Amos, talks about of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. 
therefore I will punish you for all your transgressions. So the nation of Israel is high, is who he gave his laws to first. And when he scattered them among the heathen, he said that they were supposed to be example. When he scattered them, in his wisdom, it talks about how that as we're scattered, this is gospel because these people know some stuff and they're supposed to educate these Gentiles. And that's what Brother Yeshua is saying. We, as we're scattered, the people learn from us. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't believe that. They just don't believe that black people have really taught white people true salvation. Let me give you a classic example. In the Azusa Street Revival, there was a man uh, that was most high had, you know, given him knowledge. I'm not going to say the most high gave it to him. He came upon knowledge of the, the gifts of the spirit and the Pentecostalism and all of the things, the signs and wonders and miracles, but could not perform any of that. He just read about it. But when the black and William Seymour, this is all documented as the Azusa Street Bible. Some of y'all never heard of that, but the Azusa Street Bible is common knowledge among Pentecostal people. Azusa Street Bible. This was the birth of Pentecostalism in the 1900s up in Los Angeles, California, on a street called Azusa. Well, the man, William Seymour, S-E-Y-M-O-R, William Seymour. So when he got a hold of the same knowledge that this white gentleman had, this white gentleman is the one that taught William Seymour, but when William Seymour got the knowledge because of his relationship with the Most High, it caused the biggest church explosion probably that we know of since Christ. And this, a lot of people begin to experience real bona fide miracles, not none of that uh, little mic in the ear trick stuff that some of these people be doing. This was some real stuff, and this is what birthed Pentecostalism. And from there came John G. Lake, and then from there birthed uh, the Church of God and the Church of God in Christ, two different people, two different institutions. So, but that's a classic example of what Brother Yahshua just said. Now, uh, uh, that was some started by a black man, but a white man has the knowledge first. So I, I know what he means by Israel. It was given to Israel to do first, or it was given to Israel because it ain't that they're better or anything. It's just it's a certain calling upon that nation. But but if Israel is hard-headed and the most I don't have them to use because they somewhere are tripping, then he'll use anybody. He'll use the Gentiles, and that's what's happening on TBN. They start a lot of these things. A lot of these people, they do have uh, uh, knowledge and more wisdom because for whatever reason, Jacob or Israel is dropping the ball. But just so you know, that example I gave you, William Seymour, that was a classic example. A Christian man had all his knowledge, but nothing could happen in his church. But when he hit a William Seymour, it, and I can go and talk about the Church of God in Christ, the same thing with uh, their founder. Uh, they had issues with uh, allowing a black man to lead them. Uh, they had problems with, with, with uh, I can't think of the, Founder's name, I can't believe it. I, I'll think of his name for real. But uh, uh, but anyway, Charles Mason, Bishop Charles Mason, they had problems following Charles Mason because he was a black man. He wasn't that educated, but he had that thing, that thing that Brother Yashu was talking about, that mantle, that calling to lead the nation. You know, he had it, and they didn't like that. So the Church of God in Christ had split. 
and one called themselves the Church of God, which was the white version, and one called themselves the Church of God in Christ. So Bishop Mason and this white gentleman went their ways, and it was all because of racism. They had problems with this black man. Again, that's demonstrating what Brother Yahshua just said. The word was given to the black man, but the white man didn't want to follow, so that's called a split. And a lot of these, and, and, and that same Bishop Mason of the Church of God in Christ is the one that laid hands and ordained those Assemblies of God founders. Did y'all know that? The founders of the Assemblies of God was ordained by Bishop Mason, the same black man. That, again, proves what Brother Yahshua just said. Israel, it don't mean them because they're black. It's not because of the black skin. It's just Israel was scattered through the four corners, and they were to introduce to the Gentiles the ways of the kingdom, and uh, that's what he's saying. That's what Brother Yeshua, I think, is saying. So I don't want people to think that Most High is just going to talk to Israel, and that's it. No, he talks to anybody that listens, but it's like he deal with Israel first. He It goes through Israel and filters out to the Gentiles and everybody else. All these white ministers, if you listen to them and they talk about how they found God, how they found God, how they came in the church, they all have got some story by some black lady or by some black church, or by some black Pentecostal, every single one of them, every single one of them. Like John G. Lake, a lot of, the, a lot of white churches followed John G. Lake. He was a great evangelist to, uh, to uh, uh, Africa. And a lot of people talk about TLRs, and TLRs, and they say minister to more people since Christ. They say this white man has talked, preached the gospel to more people since Christ. But if you ask TLRs, well, who influenced you? Uh, well, it was... Uh, what was the one guy? Uh, can't think of his name. It'll come. But if you ask, well, who who influenced him? You're gonna wind up back at Azusa. So all this couple of issue is it has to limit. But the most I'm not doing is because these folks black. It's because of a higher calling. They are Israel. They are Israel. And you, and you have to ask yourself: If the most I've done with Israel, why does in the Book of Revelation? He deals with this 144,000. It says these are of the 12 tribes of Israel. There's 12,000 from each tribe. 12 times 12 is 144. Well, if the Most High is done with Israel, why is he fooling around with these 144,000 in Revelation? So he is not done with natural Israel. Brother, yes, you tell no, no, I was disagreeing with that, you know, definitely. I mean, we can see all through the scriptures that he's not done with his people. He's not done with natural Israel. Um, like, uh, what is it, Romans 11 uh, verifies that fact. Has Yah forgotten his people? It says, uh, God forbid, for I too am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. Yah has for not forgotten his people, which he foreknew. So um yeah we can we can back up that fact that like you said the Most High has not forgotten his people he's not abandoned his people. Yeah. And and I want to go ahead and, and kind of tie this down and I want to present one more point uh, which is is going to be major and then we're going to wrap up this show if Brother Yahshua don't have anything else to share again talk about again why this is important and. Uh, uh, then we may take a short two or three minute break, and then I want to come back and talk about this whole white skin origin, and and, and y'all gonna see the foolishness if you after you hear this, if you have an open mind, and you really listen, it's gonna make so much common sense. So this is gonna be a combination of common sense, genetic science, 
and history combined. Once you see this and hear this, it's going to be impossible. Impossible. You won't. You won't. If you listen and you have a, and be honest, you can no longer even say with a straight face that anything is ancient. Biblically speaking, from Europe, Europeans is just they were not formed yet as a people to be influenced in the Bible. So we're going to talk about that in a second. But right now I want to talk about some more. I uh, want to hit a little bit harder why it's important, how this relates to that white man listening with the family, you know, uh, well-to-do people. And I'm not picking on them because if people are well-to-do, they're well-to-do, they've worked hard, and they need to get credit for working hard and sacrificing and going to school and getting an education and sticking with those, their goals and and ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm not mocking it. I ain't hating on nobody that's got enough things, okay? But I'm talking about spirituality tonight. I'm talking about understanding us as a people, so-called African American, any other people we see on the globe that's fulfilling these prophecies, they're going to look like a byword, a proverb. You go look at them. I'm talking to white folks right now. I'm talking to well-to-do people, uh, not just white, but well-to-do Indian people, well-to-do uh Africans, well, anybody looking at Israel, they don't think of words like nigga, uh, property, coon, uh, just they don't think of bowers, proverbs. We are going to be a shaking of the head among the nation, as the scriptures say. They're going to look at us and shake their heads. So it's important they know what they're looking at before they start shaking their heads or since they've been shaking their heads, it would be a, a breath of fresh air to hear the words I'm about to say so they will understand these people. When you see a people that can make other folks wealthy but cannot make their own people wealthy, they, can, they can't come together to have a bank, but they can build people like Bill Gates. They can make Bill Gates. These people, the Bill Gates of the world, Warren Buffett's, a lot of these people got their money some kind of way. Maybe not these particular individuals, but a lot of people become wealthy from black folks' hard labor. Somewhere in their empire, they're standing on the back of Israelites. Somebody once made the comment that Wall Street itself is jump-started by ignorant people's money. I'm going to say it again, that Wall Street, as big as it is, is jump-started by ignorant people when they say that black folks spend more money, they're consumerists, and they are a consumerist people. Most poor people are. That's how you jump-start the economy. These people are spending more than people that are educated, people that are ruling over. The ruling over people save money. The people being ruled over, the people that's being ruled, they're the ones that's consumers. They are always spending money to feel good, to spending money for immediate gratification. And this is why this one particular prophet told me that the money of Israel is what jumpstart Wall Street. So when we look at Israel, think of the word Yahweh. I know some of y'all said that wasn't his name. His name was Yahweh. But let's look at the name Yahweh. Spell it Y A H W E Y. For every one of those letters, I'm going to give you a reason. This is important. This revelation is important. 
And I just picked that name, Yahweh. It may not be the exact name of the Most High. We just know those letters was there, Yudhav, Wadhav. And some people say Yahweh until Yahweh, but right now I'm not focused so much on the name as I am. I want you all to remember these reasons this message is important. So for every letter, Y-A-H-W-E-Y, for every letter I'm going to give you all a reason why this message is important. Let's talk about the Y. It's a W-E-H. Okay. You hear me, yeah, sir? Yeah. The last letter is uh, H-E-H. Yeah, I, I'm saying, well, I got it wrote down here. I'm just saying it wrong. Y-A-H-W-E-H. Okay? Now, but Yahweh. And listen to this. The Y. Y stands for Yah himself. The reason this message is important is because he looks like he's terrorizing us without this knowledge. Without this knowledge of who Israel is and, and, and the understanding of who Israel is, it does look like the most High just picking on black folks. It do. Say what you want to say. Anybody listen to me. If you were the Martian and they drop you down on earth and you saw how black folks was living, how in every aspect of life we're at the bottom, in every aspect of life, none of our parents have ever seen peace in the land of America None of the people in South Africa, folks, have never seen peace there. The West Africans, everybody is living out these prophecies of Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26 and all the other scriptures. None of them have had rest in these lands. It looked like the most high picking on them. So the reason this message is important because Yahweh or Yah or Yahweh looks like a child abuser, looks like he's picking on us, looks like he's just constantly keeping us on the bottom. This is why good white people look at us and say, something is wrong with them people. Maybe we are better than them because they just can't get together. They can't have their own bank. They don't support their own people. Something is wrong with these people, and they see the curse. There's very smart people looking at us and think we're cursed, and that's where the birth of white supremacy comes from. We are superior to them because they just can't get it together. So this revelation kills that, and it makes the Most High, Yah, Yahweh, the Most High, look like a father and not a child abuser. So whenever you see the word Y, remember, it makes Yah look like a father and not a child abuser. Because if he is a, if we're fulfilling prophecy, he said he would chastise us. He said we'll be at the bottom. All of this is nothing more than a punishment, and that's because of our rebellion. Well, if you get punished because you're rebelling, that's what a father does. But if you just can punish and you know you're not Israel, then that's child abuse. He just hate us for real, and the white supremacy in the KKK is right. That's why this message is important. Yah looked like an abuser. So the first letter, Yah, that's what they're saying for. The next, the next letter, A. A. Y. A. H. W-E-H, that's what we're talking about. The next letter is A, the anger. There is the anger we feel among our people. There's self-hate. Self-hate is real. Black psychologists even coined that phrase self-hate because we don't trust each other. We trust the white man. The white man's milk is colder. The white man's ice is colder. We don't support black businesses. There is just this hatred and disrespect among our people, and it has been here as long as we've been here. We just can't seem to get over this anger that we have. At some point, 
even our own women turn on. They get tired of us talking about the white men and all the problems that we really, really go through. We don't have nobody to talk to. Even brothers sometimes don't want to hear brothers talk about it. Don't The black men don't have nobody but the most high. And then I heard that the sisters say the same thing. They don't have nobody but the most high. So I'm saying there's this anger. There is this anger. I know this one sister worked at the courthouse, and she would see all these black men come in day after day after day talking about how these policemen was taking their drugs and taking their money and and, and, and taking and using it for their own personal things and, and, and planting drugs on them. And the sister was saying, I understand, brother. She worked at the courthouse and she, the police station, and she was understanding, and she tried to work with it. That was her job, so she tried to, you know. And then at some point, even she got tired of it, and she turned on them and just started saying, all oh, y'all ain't. Innocent, so she just had issues with black men in general. People, black women that work in these police stations, a lot of times they turn their own people because after a while they just hate. It's just too much. It's too much. What am I talking about? The anger, the anger, the anger. We're spelling the name Yahweh, Y A H W E H, and A stands for the anger. With this message. We understand why we're going through what we're going through, and we can't hate each other. Then we now see it as. Uh, uh, it's just a curse the Most High put up on his people if they are disobedient. But he also said in Deuteronomy 28 that if you're obedient, we'll be blessed. Just as much as we are cursed as a nation, that much more shall we be blessed. And by the way, this is nation talk. This is not talking about you and your own little family. If you and your own little family, I'm talking to black folks right now, they're the Israelites themselves. If you and your family seek the Most High and you obey the Most High, and that's a big if. That's a big if. He promised you that you would have the blessings. You would be blessed and highly favored. All these things will be up on you if you obey it. But tonight we're talking about the nation. Why does the nation go through what they go through? So real quickly, A stands for the, Y stands for Yahweh. Yahweh looks like a father with this revelation. With this revelation, it looks like he's just a father disciplining us, a loving story. With this revelation, A, the A stands for anger. We understand why we have this anger towards and we no longer have anger towards our brothers and sisters because we understand them. That's what the A stands for. The next H, or the H, H, Y-A-H, hindrance. We no longer look at white people as the one that's hindering us from, from being successful. White people is not hindering us. They never have been. They can't. They are not. The Bible says the most high will come against us. He just have used white people. So white people should love this message because this message actually to some degree, not to a total degree, but to some degree they're off the hook. Now, the Bible does say that he was going to judge the nation that put us in judgment. I mean, it does do these things to us because they will take it too far. If they didn't take it too far, they would be innocent. There is nothing we would have against white people if they didn't take it too far. If they wasn't raping our men in, in slavery, if they wasn't uh, just doing all the horrible things, they went past what the Most High said Israel was supposed to happen to Israel. For that reason, the for that reason, these people, America is going to be judged because they took it too far. But for real, for real. They, those slave ships was prophesied to happen. You can't get mad at white folks for driving the ships. The Most High say ships are coming. You can't get mad because they happen to be the drivers. If the Most High say the whips are coming, right. you can't get mad at the white man for swinging the whip. If the Most High say that they was going to have, they're going to sleep with your wives, you can get most get mad at the man for sleeping with your wife. He say somebody was going to sleep with your wife in the northern country. He sent those people, so they're no longer 
a hindrance. So that's what that H stands for. They're no longer hindrance. We can't claim them as a hindrance. White people is not our problem. The most high judgment is what's causing us to be uncomfortable. It's because of what he is doing, not the white man. White people don't have that kind of power. We know them. We live with them. Some of us go to church with them. Some of us marry them. And we know good and doggone well they don't have that kind of power. It's the most high. W, Y-A-H-W, we spell the name Yahweh, W, the word. The word is confusing. Without the revelation of who the Israelites are, like Brother Yahshua said perfectly earlier, the word is very confusing. People are talking about Christ returning because Israel has become a nation, when in reality Israel has not become no nation in 1948. There was Europe and Great Britain and the United Nations trying to force an extra plate at the table, like Arthur Kessler said, the 13th tribe. So the word is very confusing, very confusing, and it's going to throw off everybody if you're looking at those people in that land. So that's another thing. The word is in bondage as long as you don't have this revelation. But once you have this revelation, the word is going to make a whole lot of sense. You need this key to understand prophecy. Okay, so so far we've talked about Y-A-H hindrance, h men hindrance with this revelation. White people, they don't go scot-free, but we no longer hold them in no kind of hatred. That's why I don't believe in hating the white man, saying the devil, and all of that. That's a bunch of foolishness. Okay, Y-A-H-W-E. Now we come up on E, 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 E. East, in the east. Everybody, when they think of Israel, they think of one thing. They think of what's happening in the east. It's eastern conflict between the Palestinians and the Israeli people. That no longer exists. If the true Israelites is revealed, how are you going to fight over land and either one of y'all are the true heirs of? It don't make sense. I think that whole conflict would be solved overnight if the whole world tomorrow knew who the true Jews were. They're in, they're in, they've been dispatched throughout the four corners. How are you going to be fighting over land that's not yours? I think after a while, if right. I was president over a nation, and everybody found that I wasn't even it wasn't even my nation, I would soon quit. Either I quit or I would I wouldn't be trying to run for it again. So once the whole world know who the Israelites are, do you really think some people are gonna continue to try to fool people? They only stand ruling and trying to rule and, and plotting around the world is God's chosen because the world is in ignorant. But once the world know, all the nations gonna be putting pressure on them to put the Correct people there And guess what folks All the nations of the world Is going to want to help Look how they treat Israel today That's the only reason Why you got all these ministers Running around Talking about Bless Israel And all these people Trying to take up offerings And all these people Trying to have all this Mercy to Israel Because they believe That's God's people Well once they find out Who God's people Really is Them same people All of those blessings Is going to turn Toward those people So the whole Eastern conflict Eastern conflict Will end how can it? How can? How can it go? How can it go and continue? How can it continue? Real quick, I was in Israel, about to get on a plane to come back, and this Israeli girl was just constantly looking at me and staring at me, and finally she just and they do this at the Wailing Wall too. They just get so curious, they just follow you around, and finally they all ask you, especially the young ones. But she just said, "So are you with the people in Demona?" <laughs> I look out, laugh like, "Yeah." She because she, it was her business. She was a young. Inquisitive girl And so she said So do you believe Jesus is the Christ She said Jesus is the Christ I said well 
yes, I believe that he was the Messiah. You know, his name wasn't Jesus, and she just was kind of looking. And it was this look she had. Y'all got to see these looks, brother Yahshua talked about it, I'm talking about it. You got to see the looks on these people's face. There, it's a look like, oh, my God, they know. They know. It wasn't a look like, I know I'm Israelite. I know, I know I'm a Jew. Now, some of them do act like that. This is a this is one of this is a well learned person. You understand what I'm saying, brother Yeshua? Right, I understand exactly what you're saying, and that was the look I was talking about as well. Because even when I walked away, when I told that story, that guy kept on looking at me. I, I was walking away, and I would look back, and he was still looking at me. It is a look that they give you. It is, and it's kind of like yeah. what you explained. It's like that type of like, oh, they found out or something, you know? And they're almost yeah. amazed to where they, you know. They, um, I don't know. It's a funny look. It really is. And this is what I believe, folks. I believe Israel was scattered to the four corners, and I do believe some of them went up north. They had that went up north because north is a corner. And I think if black folks was taken up north among all those whites in Europe, they would be white now. They have to. Yes, the black is the dominant gene, but it ain't that dominant. I mean, so I believe some of these people is really truly our blood folks. So I know that goes against everything you probably heard tonight, but we never said that all of Israel was black. Now, one time, the brother Yahshua or myself said that. I do believe that a small, small remnant of them went north, and they have to have be they have to be white. This have to be all that white. I don't care if Miles Davis, black as he is, I mentioned him because he's super dark, but if he went up north and mixed with you know, you you can't come out no lily white with no thousands and thousands, million, well, millions and millions of whites. So I don't know if the sister was one, a true, one of the true ones or not. Anyway, I do believe that I'm remembering that. But let's finish the Y-A-H-W-Y. So Y stands for Yah. It uh, looks like a father. A stands for the anger. Uh, this revelation addresses the anger. This revelation addresses the hindrances that we could say white is our hindrance. This revelation reveals that they are not. Uh, this revelation talks about the word, how the word is in prison, the word is in bondage. As long as we're looking at the, the wrong people, we can never understand Bible prophecy. Then E stands for Eastern conflict, and H, H is, I love H. H stands for the many scriptures that talk about the nation that would say, ha, ha, ha. Nations would make fun of us. All throughout the scripture talk about how they would say, ha, ha, ha. You'd be a byword, a proverb, a shaking of the head among the nations. But once these nations find out who Israel is, this is where the welfare comes from. This is where the money comes from. This is where the support comes from. This is where our military comes from because these people is going to be more than happy to fight for us. They're more than happy to make us wealthy, more than happy to do business with us because they will know beyond a shadow doubt, oh, my goodness, here is the people of the Bible. And black folk already kind of get that treatment anyway in some respects, like Jesse used to can go into uh, Afghanistan and grab soldiers and they would give them to they would give them to Jesse, but they wouldn't give them to the President of the United States. It, black folk already have that all throughout the world because people identify with our pain. But if they find out that, that pain he is Hebraic, and, oh, my God, is the book I'm going to write one of these days, oh, my God, these niggas are Israelites, are these niggas are Hebrews? I'm leaning towards one of those titles. One of these days that book gonna get wrote. Right. Once they find out that, you're not gonna have to worry about Israel's 
welfare, how they're going to pay for stuff, who's going to support them. Nations will fight for them. The Bible prophesies this. Just like nations have come against us, they're going to take care of us. Our neighbors laughed at us and gave us over to the slave traders and all that. Once this revelation is common knowledge, I mean household knowledge like Beyonce is and Rihanna is, once it's common knowledge among other nations, will no longer be a laughing matter because we will become overnight the most documented people. Our history, the Bible, will no longer just be a book to the other nations of the world. The Bible will be literally a photo album, a family photo album of those African Americans. This is their heritage. They're the most documented people on the planet. They went from no name to a nigger to a shaking of the head to a byword of Proverbs making fun of to, oh, my God, these niggas are Israelites. These are the people of the book. Moses looks like them. Oh, my God, I want to wear a fro. I want dreads. I want to be like them. I want to talk like them. They're already doing it now. With, with them thinking we're nobody, they already, I lie, like, can you imagine if tomorrow they find out that Venus and Serena and all these people literally look like the people of the book? Oh, my goodness. That is where the welfare is going to come. So real quickly, we got about 20 minutes left. This thing is going to cut off. I was going to take a little short break. Brother, yes, you, I want to ask you to jump in. You want to add to anything I just said? That I want to talk about the last thing to me, probably one of the most powerful things we're going to share tonight, and then we're going to wrap this up. So any any comments on what I just said? Um, No, I don't. I think we uh, actually covered a lot and everything, so. I'll just, you know, maybe have some comments for the last part as far as that last segment that we'll get into, uh, dealing with, I believe, the leprosy and everything, you know. So, um, no, I don't have any comments at this point. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to first let everybody know uh, the last thing we're going to talk about I want you all to really listen. It's very offensive to just somebody just half-cock, half-listening, and I probably should talk about it first when everybody was energized and but hopefully anybody still listening to this show, they still is energized by virtue of the subject. But I want to talk about a word called leprosy, leprosy, leprosy. In the Bible, the word leprosy is nothing like what we're thinking of or most of y'all thinking of right now when y'all think of leprosy. When you think of leprosy, you think of sores and pus and fingers falling all off and just weird stuff. That had absolutely positively nothing to do with Bible leprosy. Nothing. Absolutely positively nothing to do with Bible leprosy. Leprosy in the Bible was nothing more than white skin. I can prove it. I can prove it with several ways. In the book of Genesis, Moses was commissioned to put his hand in his breast, in his chest, and pull it out. And the Bible says that well, we're not going to use the Bible, so hold on. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me come at you a different way. Actually, I'm sorry. Let's come at you a different way. I have some notes here, and I'm not even looking at my notes. I'm just moving on emotions, and I forget that tonight we're not dealing with leprosy. Like, we're not dealing with scripture. So let's, let's, stay, let's stay historical, because I can prove this with another way. But I will say this. With regards to understanding who Israelites are, please, those of you listening to me, Go to my page and listen to the teachings on leprosy. I guess strictly into the scriptures, strongly into the scriptures. Tonight we said we weren't going to do that, and I, and I just didn't have one look at my notes. That's what happened when you look off. So I'm so used to dealing with the Bible, but the 
But the book does talk about leprosy, but we're not talking about the scriptures tonight. So, again, go listen to my show, and I will go into detail showing you how the leprosy has absolutely positively nothing to do with what, what tradition says it is. It is nothing more than white skin. Having said that, let's go history. Let's go DNA. If there is a lot of mixing among, this actually helped us because we don't have that much time. If there's a lot of mixing among people, whites and blacks, light skin and dark skin, it is impossible to have a white race, period. End of story. It's ludicrous. No scientist, no anthropologist, no archaeologist, nobody's going to agree with anybody talking about an ancient white people. Like when we talk about, like some people teach that uh, the son of Japheth, or Japheth, or Japheth was white. It is impossible, impossible that Japheth's seed could have been white. I don't believe it one bit. I just don't believe it. Again, that scriptures, I want to stay away from the scriptures. And again, tonight is we're going to prove this from a non-scripture standpoint. I keep going back to the scriptures. I got to, you know. But what I'm talking about really is the mixing of people. There has always been a strong presence of, of dark-skinned people in the region of Israel. Always, always, always. It, it don't matter if you che- uh, check in the Metuneta or the hieroglyphics. Always, always, always you're going to find dreaded people, uh, people with different hair uh, designs that was very kin to African, that was very much done by Africans. There is and was not ever a white presence like there is now in that region. we got to understand that. So if that's the case, how could Israel or any ancient people be white? That's what I wanted to just really hit tonight. Albinism, albinism, albinoism. Let's talk about that real quick. Every black, every non-white nation produce white people. So why do we say Europe is the home of white people? Europe is not the home of white people. Europe is just where most of them went. But actually, why do we say Europe is the home of white people when India produced blonde hair, blue-eyed people? They have the same hair texture. They have the same white skin. As a matter of fact, there's a joke. There's a video that I have on my uh, – it's still on my page, too, as a video – and I want y'all to check this out when you get a chance. I mean, y'all listen to me. Go to my front page and just move down. There is a video at the very last bottom of my page where it says Show Extras. Show Extras. If you click on Show Extras at the very bottom of my page, there's a video, and it's talking about have you ever seen a white news anchor Palestinian? And the reason they pick news anchor, they just pick the popular profession because, you know, news anchors, you're going to see them on TV because TV, that's who's on TV, news. And that's why they say news anchor person. Well, really what they're saying, have you ever seen a white Palestinian, uh, a white albino Palestinian, period? Ask yourself this question. Have you ever seen a white Palestinian? You never have. I want to ask you another question. Have you ever seen a white, or excuse me, an albino Indian person? You haven't. Not completely albino. You've never seen it. You know why you never seen it? Because you cannot tell the difference between them and a European. It's impossible. It's impossible. Some of my oldest shows on leprosy, I literally have photos of Indian people that are albinos. 
And when you see the photo, you're going to say, okay, where's the albino? That's just a white man. That is the Indian person. That person lives in India. That person never been to Europe. Don't have nothing to do with Europe. Don't even speak European. Don't speak English. We have a problem. What, where really is the home of white people? White Europe is just where more albinos went and began to mix and mix and mix. And, and like Dr. Chetty of the University of Cincinnati sit down and talk to me a time ago and share with me that once albinos begin to mix among themselves, they can no longer produce melanin. So you have these people in the caves of Europe that came up there from Africa, albinos, by the thousands because Africa did back then what they do today, reject anything looking that different. They're mistreated. In Tanzania right now, they have the highest amount of albinos anywhere in the world. They are killing the people left and right. It was all over the news not too long ago. Well, it's, it's, they never never loved the albinos because they're so different. Those people begin to migrate and migrate and migrate to the Caucasus Mountain. One called Caucasus Mountain, maybe it was just a cold place that was that was conducive for their for their for their uh, for their condition. Okay, lighter sunshine, just better for them, and they begin to migrate up north. Black folks have been all over the planet. And Europe is no exception, but that was a place where most albinos went, and then over time they began to, uh, you know, populate, populate, populate in those caves in Europe, and that is the re- that is the introduction of white-skinned people. Doctors will tell you if you need a heart, a, a lung, or a kidney, or any organ, or sometimes white people's kidneys and organs is better for you than your own brothers and sisters. Why? Because there is such a they. We are them. They are us. We always talk like they're so different. The media has did a wonderful job, and the education system has done a wonderful job trying to break us up into two separate people, have to listen to each other. It's strange. When in reality, we're the same people. We just have less melanin. I mean, they just have less melanin than we. So my argument tonight. I was going to go with leprosy, but I'm not going to go with that because we're not going to go with scriptures. But I will say this, you are missing out tremendously if you don't listen to that series where I have on people like Dr. Jewel Pukum. I don't have her on the show, but I have audio clips of her talking about melanin, which is the uh, extreme opposite of albinoism. And once you hear she talk about what this dark skin is, the properties inside, all of the powers of melanin, it sounds like it's make-believe. It sounds unreal. And you would understand why folks hate anybody that would have that if they don't have it. They would be extremely jealous. It's almost like the Most High gave us extra, this extra powers. That's the way Dr. Jewel Pukum presents this. And this is a world authority. This woman is, is respected throughout all kind of academia circles. Jewel Pukum, J E W E L P O O K R U M. I had her on, played several clips from her talking about melanin. Once you understand melanin, then you'll understand the absence of it. People that don't have but very little is suffering. This is why they have so much bone disease and eye issues with their eyes. To not have melanin, the sun can literally give you cancer. To not have melanin, you can get cancer in the eyes. You can get, I mean, you can have eye trouble. You can have cancer in the skin. Lots of things can happen if you don't have this melanin. So anyway, we what I'm saying is, for those of us that preach that and that believe that well, the ancient people and whites were first, and the Israelites was white, once you understand how 
not having pigment pigmentation, the actual state of people that don't have pigmentation, you will know beyond a shadow of doubt. Ancient people had to have been people, very, 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 very dark-skinned people. They had to have been very, very dark-skinned people. This lighter Europe, this lighter Egypt, this lighter Israel came from the Crusades, the millions and millions of Crusades that I believe the Most High orchestrated and dispatching as in Joel to the book of Joel, chapter 2, where the Most High said he's going to call a nation from the north and they was going to afflict the planet and nobody would escape from them, especially his people. And in Jeremiah 1, we talked about he was going to call all of the families of the north. This is fulfillment of those prophecies. And that's why the area is so white. But it's ludicrous to think that Egypt is white or light-skinned. I, I have issues with the olive colors. I don't just have issues with the white skin. I have issues with the olive color. Can't no olive color survive in that. This is a Johnny-come-lately kind of thing that happened to those people with the Crusades. That region was a very dark-skinned people. Every time the people is mentioned in the Bible, you got to listen, listen and, and listen to when they describe the different people. It's burnt. Christ's feet look like it was burnt bronze, not just bronze. They look like uh, as though it was burning, bronze as though it was burning. You know, this is dark-skinned people. Uh, Lamentations, talk of Israel, talking about how they, this is, well, I'll go back to the Bible. Let me back away. Let me back away. We say we weren't going to do that. But all I'm saying is, folks, think. Let's use common sense tonight. With this last key, let's use common sense. How can you have an ancient people when there was that much mixing going on? How if we if I can just start with Noah and the three sons, if I can just show those sons dark skin, that's like a tree root. If I can start it chop this off at the root, we can kill this whole notion of a white Israel by presenting these three boys as dark skinned people. The you know, the the religious circles and the 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 uh the uh Seminaries are preaching that Noah had three sons. One of them was white, Japheth or Japheth. One of them was yellow, Shem. That's where the Jewish people come from, supposedly. And then black Ham. It's ludicrous. Ham had the most people. Ham was the dark. Ham's seed was the largest. His his lineage was the largest. And then was Shem. These two are non-white. How can these people with so many, with such with the amount of people that they uh, uh, come from them, and Yaphet or Japheth having the fewest amount of children, and all that mixing that was going on, how could a white race have come from there? Folks, so this teaching, even among Israelites, uh, supposedly Israelites, it's in the knowledge. This teaching that that whites, these are white nations. The only way that Japheth or Yaphet, Yaphet could have been white is they would have to have left Noah and went straight to Europe and just stayed there uninterrupted, just making babies, I mean, just 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 populating. And if that was the case, there would not be only 8% of white people today. That's another thing. Again, common sense, we're using science, we're using numbers, we're using DNA. White people today is only 8 to 10% of the world's population. This is after... I do something I call balance the population. Balance the population means put all those people back that the white man has killed. The white man, I'm talking about those in power, have literally murdered over one planet. 
If they put all the people back, it'll be an entirely different planet. It'll be another planet. Probably some billion people. Right. I mean, that's, they killed so many, and those people would have had babies, and those babies would have had babies, and those babies would have had babies, and those babies would have had babies. We would be talking about billions of people. Now, keep in mind, people would have died in old age and all that, but even with all of us subtracting the death, you still would have a whole planet full of people. And then we wouldn't be talking about 8%. We would be talking about more like 2% or 3%. So if white people are 2% of the world's population or 1% of the world's population, do you really think we're going to be talking about them being Israelites? It's ludicrous. This is some foolishness. They're not ancient nowhere. They're not in the Bible nowhere. Only time white skin appears is when it's related to something called leprosy. All I'm saying tonight is let's really think this out. Let's Violence the population, as I call it. Put those people back that is gone, because blacks have died disproportionately to whites. Yes, whites have killed whites. I know that. But compared, you can put all the whites back that have been murdered and all the blacks that have been murdered, and it's like a whole planet full of black folks have been. So if we just do that, just balance the population, it's ludicrous to think that any ancient people I'm talking about about biblical times and further back would have been a white at all. It's ludicrous. White is a uh, a mutation. One more thing I'm going to drop on you. I'm going to close this show out. If leprosy, and one thing I'll say about leprosy is this, was fingers falling off. I know I said we're going to go by, but i got to go by on this one. Last thing I'm going to say. In Leviticus, where it talks about what leprosy is, it says that when you're covered with it from head to toe, you are then clean. How much sense would that make? So if leprosy really is sores and pus or anything negative, why would the Most High say when you got when you're full of it, you're clean, which means accepted in biblical terms. Clean means accepted. That's all it means. Why would you be clean when you're full of it? It can't be that. It just can't be. So anyway, I just want to say I know I wouldn't go scripture, but we got roughly I got like two minutes, and so brother Yeshua, I just want to thank you. And again, folks, about the leprosy teaching, I cover it. I do about four shows on it. That's eight hours right there, and I go all off into melanin leprosy. I go all off into just clippings, history. I read all types of article. I read all types of books. I recommend books. I recommend authors. I just go, go into it, into it, into it. I can't do it in this late, but that's leprosy. But, again, just common, plain old common sense. No such thing as a white man. There is God made us. We just have different degrees of pigmentation. By the way, black folks can have blonde hair and red hair and all that, too. It just gets deep. It just gets deep. I just feel like I can go another five hours on just that. So, anyway, part three we're going to try to deal with, again, why it's important, and now that we know we Israel, for those of y'all that see the light, how do we move forward? What does it have to do with life, and and how do we apply it? I'm, I'm sure Brother Yeshua has his points he's going to say. I've got some, and other people is going to share their points of view. Some of us have been more successful than others in implementing this in our everyday life, but we're going to just share our own version of how we see this in a practical, everyday 
uh, lifestyle, how it have enhanced us, uh, those of us that feel like we have enhanced. And, I, and it, it has been a blessing to me. It don't mean I'm perfect in every area, but I'll tell you one thing, I ain't what I used to be. When I close my eyes and I think of Bible characters, they are all Africans. 